I'm Ben Clunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. We're two entrepreneurial professionals based in Spokane, Washington. Join us on our journey to make 2019 the most prosperous of our lives. We'll bear all as we strive to improve all aspects of our business and our health and fitness, as well as our relationships personally and professionally. We aim to offer impactful insight into our business and personal lives. We'll share the good, the bad, and the ugly throughout our journey. With the ultimate goal of our business and fitness being in the best shape of our lives at the close of 2019. You are listening to the Ordinary to Extraordinary Podcast. icebreaker questions to start oh i'm excited to see what you come up with ben never remembers them i never no no i don't remember the icebreaker questions ever are they the same questions usually just yeah they are there's usually just one that i and you literally don't remember them how many podcasts have you done how many have you done we've launched 33 (laughs) 33 and people trust you with their money i know numbers (laughs) not for those questions he's like i'm rain man with numbers not questions not icebreakers Okay. Not yeah. icebreakers. Especially once you hear the questions, you're like, really? That's okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can remember these, and then I'm going to ask you in a month. You're going to ask me? The, I'm going to remember the icebreaker questions. questions? Yeah. Yep. We have to get answers. Okay. We, we did them. So we interviewed each other. Ben interviewed me. I interviewed him for yeah. two different podcasts, and we asked each other icebreakers. I like it. Icebreakers are great. They are, especially yeah. these ones. Okay. I'm nervous now. Yeah. No, I do remember the one I think that I always forget, too. Okay, good. <laughs> Well, we've, uh, we've been recording. We'll see if I remember. We're already recording. Oh, sometimes. Um, and just for the record, if I'm going on my phone, it's because I've got notes here. It's not because I'm texting. Or Sometimes I'm texting. I'll be honest. If I go on my phone, it's because I'm texting. <laughs> or checking email. I'm um, sexting. So just be aware, I'm sending D-pics to people. So. Oh. <laughs> D-pics or V-pics? D-pics. <laughs> the worst kind. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to get off a tangent, but I do want to know what that's about. It just blows my mind that guys would send that. Oh, I have no on idea. On those things. I'm like, I don't Especially understand. I mean, it's, no. I, yeah, guys and girls' minds do not work the same. And I think guys think girls' minds work like theirs. Yeah. Does yeah, this turn you on, baby? They no, don't. it doesn't? No. Even non-straight <laughs> men yeah. don't find dick pics attractive or appealing. Why do they send him? I don't know. But when, <laughs> how do we get on this topic? I gave up on looking good hey. naked a long time ago. <laughs> Who are we... Who are we interviewing today, Steve? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we can right. get going. Well, okay. we have about two minutes of fluff, and some of it was good because we were talking about D-picks and V-picks. Yes. And this is going to be a good little intro <laughs> for Ben to inappropriate. Good because we're going to do a recording next week with uh, Dan and Lindsay Cummins. And they're, uh, is that next week? Uh, well, week and a half. Give Who a are take. they? Uh, Time Suck Podcast. So it's one of the biggest podcasts in the country. Ooh, uh, congrats. So we've got those guys coming in. But, cool. we'll but we're going to them. Way. We're recording in their studio. It's called the Suck Dungeon. Yeah, you should check it out. It's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're funny. But yeah, today we are on O2E Journey, Ordinary to Extraordinary. We're recording with Miss Rachel Rowley. And I'm excited about this one because I have some really deep questions about the fitness industry because it's nerdy questions probably yeah probably fitness and nutrition yes. and ben will zone out on that but my he's super interested rolling. in the business side of things i see so i see i hope i don't let you fellas down you won't it's a lot of pressure i doubt it yeah you've always been fun when i've been around you so <laughs> don't so, f it up how much okay. were you drinking Stephen? how much were you drinking 
So we were training this morning up on the South Hill move, or in the South Hill move. Yes. And Ben said, so how do you know Rachel? And I was like, well, I know Rachel through all my lesbian friends, which sounds really, really inappropriate. But not. But I think there's been things... that sound inappropriate? Because it's just, I call them all my lesbian friends. I call them the same thing. And we met... (laughs) They are. There's probably been times where you and I are the only people that are straight out of 40 people in a room. Yes. And... I always joke that I go for fashion and hair advice. Yes. Because they dress just like me. Yes, they really do. They really do. Henleys and short hair and spikes here. But yeah, I think so. I obviously know the group through Shay, Uh Swoboda. And you're just friends with all of them. I actually have to brag a little bit here. I am the token straight girl, and I'm the only straight girl that gets to go to the all-lesbian Memorial Day weekend party it took me four years to get in that's got some crazy stories <laughs> it, took, it doesn't i wish it did but it took me four years to get it they would say yeah you should come and i was like yeah totally and then it would come by and go and i would see pictures of them and i'm like what the hell man nobody nobody told me about the party and they're like no you should totally come i'm like no this time i need the address because you guys say that but you never actually <laughs> give me the address I'm coming. yes so i finally got the address i told him i'd be gay for a day if they just let me go up to second base, up to second base, I got my husband's permission and I get to go now and I've got to go two years in a row yeah. and I'm the only I was invited once girl. and I declined and they haven't invited me since. <laughs> you were invited to the lesbian weekend? Yeah. You didn't go? I was busy. I, Is I, that because you look like them? You I probably didn't get another one. invite I think then. I was in Chicago or Wisconsin for a wedding. Mm. It was Memorial Day, right? Memorial Day Memorial Day, Day weekend and it's like... I don't know. It's special. <laughs> yeah. And I got to go. Oh, it's like... That was the hardest thing I've, I've ever gone into. privileged enough to see some pictures and video footage. <laughs> and it, we're not talking like girls going wild or anything like that, but it's fun. They, they get after it. <laughs> they have a good time. <laughs> They're athletes, so it's like actually really fun to be around. It's yeah. super fun. And then the last time we hung out, I want to say, was about this time last year. I think mm-hmm. it was somebody's birthday party. It was... um, Was it Kayla or... Rachel and it was at the Kendall Yards and then we did yes. the, the, the thing yes. all over town. Yes, yes, the scavenger yes. hunt. That was super fun. Yes, I remember that. That was such a good time. Yeah. It was Rachel's uh, 40th birthday party. Yep, that yep. was it. Yep, yep, yep. Yes. That was so. a really smart, fun activity. Yeah, and then my team got disqualified because we were late yes. for the scavenger hunt. And I called it out, I think. And she was meanish. <laughs> to me. I was mad at her. I remember that. You were like... I'm okay with that. Oh. I'm competitive. You, and so am I. <laughs> and so therefore I had to smack you, you down a little bit. <laughs> no. No. Opposite teams. And uh-huh. we, one of them was taking a picture. And I can't remember what the picture was, but we took an amazing picture. And you it were did. like, but you guys are disqualified. You're two minutes late. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> I picked that up too. It was very felt. It was like, he did not like it and I did not care. So I was like, kept oh, repeating it. And she's still oh, here. No. Good and you invited, is that why it took so long to get on your podcast? <laughs> no, it took so long because we've had a ton of guests. Because <laughs> like we're so popular. Oh yeah, you guys kind of are a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Not really. Yeah. Ben's a big deal. <laughs> He's fancy. You People like it. him, they don't like me, I'm too blunt. I see. I, I see. don't know about that either, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben. I can be pretty blunt. Let's see which of the icebreaker questions you remember. I'm scared. I'll ask the one first that I didn't think I remembered. That was, when you were a kid, what did you think you wanted to do for a living when you were older? Oh, easy. I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian. 
Veterinarian? Yes. Did I say it wrong? You said it differently than me. Did I? No. I veterinarian. said veterinarian. <laughs> a veterinarian. <laughs> Just really enunciated. Veterinarian. Sorry. Veterinarian. Yes. A veterinarian. Veterinarian. I'll say it like okay. you guys. Steven, you can ask the next one. Okay. All right. Because that's the one I always forget. If we made a movie about your life, one, who would play you and two, what would it be about? Oh, I think Juliana Huff would play me because I get so many, like, people tell me I look like her. And she's so fun. Like, her energy's amazing. And then what was the second part of it? I just got super excited. What would it be about? What would it be about? I'd be like like the girl with nine lives. I feel like I've had 50,000 different lives in just 40 years. And it would it would be a very interesting movie. How many lives? Like 50,000. I was going to say nine. I know. Especially talking to a numbers man. Let me bring it back. That was an over-exaggeration. <laughs> What's I can that? see it, yeah. I'm looking at a picture of Juliana Huff side by side. I get that a lot. You should see me at Nashville North. Like, it's insane when I'm, I'm out Nashville. there dancing. Just start, up signing con- start signing autographs and own it. I should. I was somewhere. Um, there was a guitarist. That would be awesome. There was a guitarist <laughs> for a country band, and I can't remember which country band it was, but they thought... Did he say when, contraband or country? Country band. Country. Which, oh, I thought he Stop said contraband. Funny the accent. <laughs> and I did look like him a lot, and I'm out in the... The uh, atrium bit in Spokane Arena, and this cute girl and her niece came up and started talking to me. And the niece wanted my autograph, so I just pretended I was the guy because I wanted the girl's number. Ah. And I got it, by the way. Are you married? No. Okay, no. I was like, your wife's going to be really disappointed. Are you mental? <laughs> Do you think anybody's going to marry this? Are you married? Yeah. Ben's married, you're not. Yeah. Okay. That's have you ever been married? The dynamic of this podcast Never. is very no? different. Never been married. Close. I don't have kids, I have all my teeth. I'm a fucking unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> Still under 40. I love it. That's hilarious. Seriously, what's wrong with me, Ben? Nothing. Where TVs would you want me to start the, the list? How old are you? 37. About to be 38. Okay. Maybe it's just not your jam, man. Why, do you know somebody? Well, I don't. I think I'm he just wants curious. it to be his jam, though. You want to be married? Ladies, listen sure. up. And what? he wants kids. Um, and kids. Maybe. Uh, uh, what do you I mean, maybe? It's bullshit. You <laughs> said on this recording. I would like to be married and have kids, but I won't let it define me. Like, if I don't, uh, it's just not meant to be, right? Have you seen anybody pull that off successfully, though? Be single and happy? No, that's easy. Um, to have kids, but not let it define you. Not, no, I, what I mean is I, oh. don't, I won't let it define how happy I am if I do or oh, don't get married. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, I you get those part. people that have like an existential crisis yes. because like, oh my God, I'm 30 and I've never, yes. I've never been married and I don't have kids. And yes. I haven't hit their life goals. Yeah. Get their yeah. worth caught up in the external. Yeah. And it's like, hey, yeah. it's not you, it's no. them mm-hmm. kind of thing. Or maybe it is you. Maybe you're not supposed to. It, dating's hard. I know that much. Like the dating scene. I, I'm on my second marriage, so I've been out there and it's not fun. Dating is not as fun as I think it is until you're like dating and then you're like, ugh, this wasn't that fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's get the <laughs> moving on. Question. Yeah, yeah <laughs> moving on. But I want you to give us a little background on you. Start at the start, end at the end, or jump off in and out. You said 50,000 lives in 40 years. And for the record, as a 40-year-old, you look amazing. Oh, um, you just... Fanny pack and all. And you're not married. Yeah. See, that's exactly what... That's husband material right there. You just give her lots of compliments. Oh. You know, I've I've always appreciated people that take care of themselves and oh. do it better than most. Well, thank um, you. But give us the background. Uh, there's a lot. There's I've, a lot. I know a lot about you. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm an open book too. So mm-hmm. you want me to start from childhood? Yeah, that's the two minute version. Two minute version. That's hard. Two, you can minutes. you can do more than two minutes. Ben's always on time frames. He's a numbers <laughs> guy. 
<laughs> Places to be, people to see, money to make. <laughs> shut it down. Okay. <laughs> Steve so, starts talking too much, like Steve. Wrap it up. Shut up. You're talking too much. <laughs> so I was born. Now I'm nervous. I was uh, born in Paulding County, Ohio. Uh, mm-hmm. My parents divorced when I was three. I can actually give you a very rapid version. Buckeye fan? Like no. Good, Notre we, Dame. Good. Good girl. I've always. I didn't like the Buckeyes sports uh, sportsmanship. They always threw uh, shit fits out on the, can I say shit? Yeah. Sure. They, they would throw shit fits, like yeah. little toddlers out on the field. I just felt like they were always like toddlers. And then uh, Notre Dame just seemed to handle themselves really well. Plus I was brought up Catholic. So, and oh, anything, my brother Jacob, who is a Catholic priest in Ohio, anything he liked, I was like, oh my, I'm, I'm all about it. And so anything, yeah. I was the baby of five and we lost a sister when I was 10. She was 12 to cancer. My parents divorced, like I said, when I was three. Uh, mom moved a lot. So I like came from a broken home and I was really good about if I didn't like what mom was doing, I'd go live with dad. And if I didn't like what dad was doing, I'd go live with mom. So um, I was got really good at that and manipulating. Um, most people, <laughs> most people wouldn't know. You acknowledge that. it now? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely, um, most people wouldn't guess this, but I had a very unhealthy lifestyle growing up. Um, drank a lot of pop, ate a lot of sugar. I started smoking at a really young age. It actually, uh, in drinking, I picked mm. up my first drink, like legitimately alcoholic drinking at the age of 12. Yeah. Um, I lost a lot in high school. I was a cheerleader and uh, a girl told on me for coming to, or not coming to practice because I had hangovers, which was true. Um, but I lied about it and said, no, it's not. Um, so I lost a lot of things early on due to that lifestyle and choices that I was making. And it's what I grew up in. I came from a family of alcoholics. My dad wasn't, but like pretty much the entire family and everybody my mom surrounded herself with were alcoholic. And it's just, it was normal. Um, if you ask somebody, I don't know, I don't want to throw Paulding County under the bus, but if you, if you asked us growing up, like, is this normal? We would have thought all of our drinking was normal. Mm -hmm. Um, I do believe it's a genetic disposition and I definitely have earned that and come from a long line of them. So I kind of, uh, yeah, earned it, I guess. So at the age of 12, very unhealthy, um, smoked, a lot. I would I would uh, go home from sleepovers because I knew it was gross, but I wanted to smoke. And my mom smoked, and I smoked, and that's the way it was. And I smoked from a very young age, and I continued to do that for quite a while. And I thought my problem was Paulding County, Ohio. So when I was young, I wanted to get the hell out of there as quick mm-hmm. as possible. I started working when I was 14, so I had to earn everything. I didn't get anything handed to me, and we were very poor. One, because mom was horrible with money. You would have probably appreciate that. And um, so she was not good with money, and my dad was very, he was good with money, but he didn't have like a lot. So it was one of those things where I didn't grow up with a lot of money. And uh, with mom, it was very unstable. So um, she's dead now, so she won't be listening to this and hating me. So <laughs> that um, I hate to laugh about that, but it's 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 true. Um, so she was just really unstable. It was very unstable with my mom. Dad was totally night and day, super stable man. Um, grew up out in the country, and then mom was, was very the unstable. Side? Yes, dad was a very staunch Catholic, still is to this day. Um, and he still lives in the same home. My mom would move once a year. Dad would always stay put. That did your mom would. move f- just to move? I don't know moving? why she, she did. I, I was she, like, was she, I doubt she was military. But. No, she wasn't military. And it would always be within an hour, and it normally had to do with a man. Ooh, yeah, she go. liked. she was like a manaholic. Is what I would call Man-a-holic. my mom. So very, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of lost her mind with stuff, but um, she was she was very 
what do I want to say about my mom? I kind of always throw her under the bus. Uh, I wish I would have gotten to know her better. She died at 49 and I was 20. So I didn't really know her that well. Um, I loved her, you know, but I think like, yeah, Yeah. you can't help with that. But, and I don't want to make this too heavy, but Mm -hmm. looking back, you kind of wonder like, what the hell was she thinking? Yeah. Um, she made a lot of interesting choices. So yeah, that was kind of like my childhood. It was very unstable, very, um, chaotic. Mm -hmm. What age did you leave? What's that? The county you said? Paulding County, but mom moved all around. But where, what age did you leave? Oh, well, I went to the military. That was my very first. Oh, um, 18 and enlisted? 19 and enlisted, yep. And as soon as I enlisted, I found out mom had cancer. Okay. And then I was in the military for 17 months. I was over in England. I was in Milden Hall. I'm sorry. Why didn't you go to Scotland? Why I didn't go to the good spot. <laughs> I did go to Scotland for New Year's Eve. There you go. I did. Ooh. It was yes, I did. It was so. From what I can remember, it was really <laughs> fun. <laughs> it was really fun. It was actually a really good part of my life. I remember that Scotland cool. people were so kind to me, and uh, they loved the military, mm-hmm. which in Europe they didn't like us normally. Yeah. But I remember Scottish people did. And then they have this tradition at midnight where everybody kisses everybody. And that was like the coolest. I was very... We're all sluts. It, you really are. We're and I enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So similar here, you want to kiss somebody at midnight, but we call it Hogmanay. Yes. It's not called New Year. And um, there's other, like a first foot, that's the first person that sets foot in your house. You have to have certain people that are supposed to bring good luck and bring gifts. You never enter uh-huh. someone's house without a gift on the first of the New Year. Cool. And, but yeah, we do it right. We do. You do. I'm going New back Year, this year. I bought tickets. Yeah. Ooh. I want to go back sober. Yeah. I yeah. was like, you know what? I want to go back fully present because that was to a, Scotland. Yes, for the same part. How, how do you say it? Hogmanay. Hogmanay. Yes. Hogmanay. Hogmanay. Hogman eight. Hogman eight. The baby. A. Hey. Hogman A. <laughs> Hogmanay. It's like a Canadian Hogman. Yes. Yeah. No, we. It's it's actually Edinburgh and Glasgow are well known for people all over the world showing up and. More so than New York, actually. Mm-hmm. Really? It's yeah. amazing. They have, like, bring in big concerts, and there's... Mm-hmm. It's just... It's incredible. It's incredible. cold as balls, usually. Yes, <laughs> it is. But Scotland's <laughs> way prettier. <laughs> way prettier than England. Yeah. Yeah, England was dreary. So you're doing Edinburgh, right? What's that? You're doing Edinburgh for New Year? Yep. Yeah, yep, I'm going to take my husband. I'm really amazing. excited about that. So you've seen Edinburgh Castle, because I always brag on Edinburgh Castle. I don't remember much of it, okay. um, just the party and like, that we went home. Well, make sure you connect <laughs> with me before you go, and we'll help you plan some yeah. things that you wouldn't see otherwise, yeah. and I'll put you in touch with some family members for the locals tour. Yes, 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 I would love that a lot. So, so yeah, that's kind of I, what I like to say about my story. It's not to make it heavy. It's to let people know where I come from. I didn't mm-hmm. grow up in fitness. I didn't grow up in um, the growth mindset. I grew up in a very toxic um, environment. And so what that represents to me is that anybody can change at any point in their life. So you come from like a person that smokes a pack of cigarettes today, is an alcoholic, has no coping tools, you know, to deal with life, um, deals with anxiety and depression. Um, and it wasn't just my, my upbringing. There was a lot of physical parts to it. So alcoholism is an allergy. And there, I think I would, I know I would have done it regardless. I just probably turned to it a little bit quicker mm-hmm. than most people due to the heaviness well, of what was being presented. So, so that's what I kind of like to hammer home. And, and so I moved a lot thinking I could, you know, find happiness and locations. And in the end, it ended up being like, oh, the common denominator everywhere I went where a problem was, was me. Mm. So, um, and that's when I was able... Um, and booze and smoking and all yes, the other healthy yes, things. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so that's a little bit. I got married um, right out in the military when I got out to take oh, care wow. of my mom. So I've been married for eight years. That's how I got to Spokane. 
he got called back into the military. So he was military. Mm-hmm. Too. He was military too. We met in England. Yes, yes, yes. The first husband. The first husband. And he's a good man. Like we, we had a partying in common. That was what we had in common. Oh, so, yeah. So, yeah. It's amazing how many couples share that. Yes. They, they, they can only function when they're drinking and partying together. Yeah. And then when they're sober, yep. they don't like each yeah, other. Yeah, that's hard to have a marriage on that. It didn't work. When yeah. I got sober, probably six months into sobriety, it ended. Oh, yes. God. Yeah. And he was not. He was not sober, but he did. He didn't struggle, maybe, to the same degree. I don't think so. Yeah. He didn't change. Like, I changed. Like, th- yeah. bad things happened when I drank. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. It was very um, unpopular. I was very unpopular with people when I drank. It wasn't like, oh, she's goofy and funny. It's like, whoa. Something's wrong. She's going to stab somebody with her <laughs> yes. high heel. <laughs> like evil. It was, yeah. Feisty. Not good. Not good. Not so good. then, married eight years, got divorced. Yes. Was it at the time of sobriety then that you started competing in health and fitness no. competitions? Or when did that all come about? That came about. And what is that? Maybe we should jump into that too. Yeah. We will. I've got that right oh, here. Do? I got it all laid out, dude. Well, we don't have to follow his right now. Yeah. We can do whatever we want. I'm torn just, now. Where are, where are you on your timeline? <laughs> Where so am I on my timeline? You're like 30 and divorced, Let's say 27. Right? So I get sober okay. at 27. 27. I get divorced. Um, I take some time away from everything and like do some soul searching with my sponsor. I'm in recovery. Um, I actually picked up cigarettes again. I had quit smoking two years before I got sober from alcohol. But when I found out about something with me and my ex and I don't want to throw him under the bus, mm-hmm. I was so filled with rage like it was like I had to pick up something which was interesting as an addict like they hurt themselves first and Mm -hmm. so I picked up cigarettes Ah. so I picked up smoking again and I was smoking for about two years no about a year and I wanted to start dating finally and I realized again smoking super gross I shouldn't be doing this and I got revenge fit have you guys ever heard of that revenge fit it's kind of popular in the divorce world you get fit. Oh, revenge fit. Revenge like fit. That's what I call it. Like you're mad at the other person, so you get fit at them. So during our my my first year, I got revenge fit. <laughs> yeah, like I got fit at him. Like wait till you see me. I'm gonna show I'm you. I'm gonna show you. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, it's the thing. Maybe I made it up. Maybe I didn't. Well, I don't. <laughs> there's probably some truth to that too, because we talk about it even with uh, people who've been married for a long time, have kids. I'm not saying this, it goes both ways, Mm -hmm. dad, bod, mom, bod, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, and they don't take care of themselves. They stop taking care of themselves Mm -hmm. and stop like, it's like, you know, you do that for yourself, but also for your spouse. Sure. It's like, and you stop doing some of that stuff. It's like, why, why are you looking like a slob, honey? Mm -hmm. It's almost like we lose our instinct to hunt. I feel like there's like this animal part of us that it's like that predator prey thing. And, And I think it's. Somehow, I don't know, but I feel like there's there's a balance. Laziness. That could be that too, but I think there's this there's these instincts in us. If we want something, you know, to provide like hunter gatherer, um, mating. I mean, we have some very big animal instincts that I think we kind of blow by, and we don't need to like make big meaning out of it. It's just like, hey, these are things that we got our spouse, we got our mate, so we're not hunting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what happens? Become comfortable. Yeah. It's funny you mention that. So I don't know that I discussed this with you, but. I'm part of a, a group of me. guys that get together and discuss certain things and there's a biblical element to it but it's not like a it's not like a a bible study or anything like that mm-hmm. we're all Christian or Catholic Believers, or, yeah. um, but we talked about this a few weeks ago to where 
there's almost an expectation. You talked about the primal nature there. Mm-hmm. Like we just have things we're pre-programmed to do. Yep. And it's almost demonized now, right? It to is. To where it's not okay to be a young, virile, single man, mm-hmm. a man and go and, you know, let a girl know you're interested in her. It's like, well, she's going to be threatened by that. And it's like, well, she shouldn't because we're all here because that's what men and women do, right? Mm-hmm. We, we express interest. We try and mate and procreate. So... Mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of the we push down a lot of the primal nature, men and women. It's mm-hmm. like we're we're told now that it's not okay to do the things that have kept us here from thousands of years, right? Absolutely. And I think that the the primal natures can't be ignored. And I agree. And I think there's a point where we have to step back and ask ourselves: Is this creating wreckage, or what is the fruits of my actions? Right. So, mm-hmm. on the female side of it, we get a lot like for me to dress like this, and people can't see me, but I have a nice, tight-fitting dress on, and um, I went and got myself boobs last year, and I take care of myself really well, and I strut my shit when I'm walking down the road. I'm confident. And there's a point where, um, you know, I've been told that that isn't the case. My dad sat me down. I remember one time, and he said, "Rachel, you know the." way you're dressing you're going to cause lust in men and that that's on you and I said no sir and I I went back at him hard and I said no it's not a little part of me bought into it but women are afraid to look good Mm -hmm. um we don't they they're afraid of attention or they're afraid you know they'll get made or that something bad's going to happen in that probably the same extent something's bad's going to happen if you express your desire for something or someone right so Mm -hmm. there's a point where I think we've lost I think we've lost like that fine balance of that, like making the distinction what's too far, you know, and what's actually quite healthy and normal. And and I think we like to throw labels around. I know at mm. least I do. And then pff, we're done and we don't have to deal with it instead of getting in and making distinctions. Like I love distinctions because mm-hmm. two things can be very different um, and look alike. One can bring us health and happiness. One can bring us, you know, a lot of heartache and, and, uh, and horrible things. Right. And it's just tiny little distinctions. Cool. That's what I think. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I like that. We can keep going down your timeline or we can get into some of the things that we've got. (laughs) My timeline's kind of like whatever. The timeline is also leading us to some questions that I think are good too. So I would keep going down the timeline. Here's what I would ask you. (laughs) What's that? When someone asks you what you do for a living, now I've got some things written down here. (laughs) That's what I want to get to. When someone asks you what you do for a living, you must have like eight different answers, correct? I kind of do, yeah. So let's let's get That's into part of that. The 50, what do you do and how do you do it? What do I do and how do I do it? Mm-hmm. All right. So first and foremost, I am a nutrition and lifestyle coach. So that's what I do and how I do it. Um, I'm always innovating, always changing, but typically I do it with women. I love females. I think it's very essential. Our bodies operate a lot differently. So basically I write and coach meal plans. I have an office out of Third and Sherman Medical Plaza. Mm. Um, I'm associated with Wurschler Aesthetics. Um, so I've had my nutrition office out of there for about two years okay. and I have an in-body scanner so I can show the women the difference between body composition and just weight. I feel like the scale is a very so important. What's body composition? Body composition. <laughs> yeah, as a financial analyst, like analyst, you would know this. So I tell people um kind of like your savings and debt right so you have your savings account and your debt we don't just to get them like out of debt we don't want to compromise the savings at the same time because they end up at the same percentage right of finances Mm -hmm. so if you lower your savings account 
as you're you know lowering your debt at the same time you can kind of stay at that same percentage if you keep your savings at that and you're able to lower your debt or you know keep your income the same then you're making some big gains and that's what i like to kind of show women because they get so set in the number that they have no idea what's in the number so i almost tell them it's like okay ben you tell me a number of like rachel you're sitting at 300 of what is it debt is it credit like what what is this 300 nobody asks they don't ask what's that number. They'll ask you and they expect a report, right? But they don't ask themselves when they step on the scale what's actually in that number. So body composition is just letting us, giving us more data of what's in that number. So that's muscle, that's bone density, that's water, mm. that's fat. It breaks it down to like, if we separate it out and put it on separate scales, this is what weighs what. Basically a realistic BMI number. So I've talked to you before yeah, that BMI doesn't take bone density into it. It doesn't take into BMI is broken. Yeah, um, body broken. fat percentage is very important and, and mm -hmm. it, it takes all of that into consideration as well. And I don't think it's okay to compare our body fat percentages to one another and we can get into that as well. But yep. it's a, hmm. yes. So, so that's my main goal. So this is where I'll geek out eventually. So the not just the body composition part, but the... Yes the fitness and the nutrition side and, uh -huh. and how you approach it because I love what you do you just you throw the scale out the door and say because I've been 205 pounds I was 205 pounds as of this morning by the way I'm not as heavy as I thought I was um, cause <laughs> and I you look fantastic but I've been 205 pounds and been fat mm -hmm. I'm 205 pounds now and I'm not fat no he's so. not ladies he's fit <laughs> fit it's, as um, F and, and I see it all the time I'll check you one out one of the things I see oh, Jesus, I'm gonna puke. <laughs> I never even responded, by the way. I need kudos He's like, for I'm that. letting that dog lie. Susie's going to rub it in my face later. Did you hear what she said about me? She thinks I'm hot, She dude. said I'm cute AF and she would check me out on the street. Hey. I did, and then I recognized. I was like, oh, that's Steve. When okay. we ran into yeah, each other. It actually happened in real so life. Married. I'm married. I'm not dead, Ben. What do you want from me? Oh, God. What do you want from me? I'm enjoying this, and Ben is hating it. Um, but yeah, the, the way I see some of my favorite posts on social media are when a girl will post a picture and say, here I am at 160 pounds yes. and here I am at 160 pounds, which one looks different or yes. which one looks better? Yes. And a lot of times they're, they're strong and athletic and some men would be like, oh, she's too thick. And it's like, no, that is, that's how a woman's supposed to be. She's not supposed to be emaciated. She's not supposed to, you know be skinny fat and I put skinny fat in my notes because I know you've got that in your like, bio on your website mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. so talk about that let's you're going about to get fat? yeah I want you to talk about beyond the composition explain what your approach is and how you get them from point a to point b in the mindset of well, talk that. about goal setting with that too, yeah being like how do you go through and set goals with women a lot of times okay so I'll start with uh, goal setting so say you're a woman Ben Every woman wants my lips. But he may be more related to this more than you lips. think. These yeah. are natural. Too. That's a Mine are not. Yeah. So. Like, yeah. You can tell. Well, Don't tell a girl. You can tell. I swear to God. I can't tell. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Your wife's a lucky woman. Okay. So, say you're with me, and we goals are independent to each and every person, right? So, what I really like to have people do. How do I know if I've been successful if I haven't defined success? So with goal setting, it's all about what you define as success. So typically when I sit a woman down and I'm like, hey, what, what is it that we want to work on? They're like, I want to be healthy. 
What does that mean to you? Yeah, dig deeper. Let's let's talk about that. Like if when you envision healthy, what do you see? You know, what does your body look like? What is your how do you feel? You know, what's the energetic output? Because fitness goals are actually pretty dang hard to measure all the times. Not all the time are we pushing for, you know, shreds and fat loss. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's about performance. Sometimes it's about aesthetics. Sometimes it's about just healing. Yeah, you know, there's a puffing when you're going upstairs. Exactly. Sometimes there sometimes it's goals are about getting them in touch with something that will move them on an intrinsic level when nothing else will work so if they can tie it to something that's intrinsic like a value mm -hmm. it will keep them going in times when they don't want to so I also hear you know I want to be able to keep up with my kids yeah. I want to be able to play I want to have energy I want to be kind you know mm -hmm. there's a lot that can go into goal setting and I think the external goals are beautiful because a lot of times they just start with an external goal without knowing that it's going to have this intrinsic transformation Mm -hmm. And that's something, you know, they got to get behind the why of it. So goal setting for me, it's all about what the individual wants and that's how they awesome. can define it and kind of visualize it. It's funny how goals overlap the way that you set goals, they overlap in so many. It's like what we talk about, it's like in ours, we talk about like getting to the why of your goal. Right? Yes. It's like, cause that's the thing that's going to really drive you through to get positive end results. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cause you're always going to want to quit. I think people yeah. think, and I, I love talking about this too. I'm like, give me one area in your life where you're a hundred percent all in all the yeah, time. Good luck. Yeah. If you get a good ratio, if you're human, it's not going to happen. No, a great ratio in any relationship. I think 80, 20, I will say for me, I'm very stubborn. 95, five. I better be 95% super stoked in my relationship and 5% a little like I want to kill you. Um, but it better be high. I want a high return and little investment. This is why it would never work between us, Rachel, because you would want to kill me a lot more than 5%. Get your game going. We are getting close to that 90% and this is not working for me, Steve. It would be 90% want to kill me, 10% not. <laughs> that was my first marriage. I think that's what I learned in my first marriage. It's, life's too short. Life is too short to even be 50-50. So kind of, yes, getting in touch with that why behind it, because that's going to 10% of the time is when I think people get taken out of goals. It's a very tiny percent, that 10%. And if they don't have a why, they're gone. Well, especially in health. It's like we've talked about like setting weight goals. You know, it's like, okay, I'd like to be under a certain weight, but it's not going to define me either. Mm -hmm. But then you start gaining muscle and it's like, what the heck? I'm not getting any closer to my goals. Correct. It's like, yeah, but you just lost a lot of body fat. Yeah. Correct. But your and pants fit better, right? Yeah. And my pants are looser. Yes. I'm talking from a personal standpoint. What you is couldn't... your goal? You have a you have a number that you want to hit? Kind of. Yeah? Yeah, like 215, 220. Where are you range. at? 224. Where did you start? 245. Oh my goodness. So this this was a journey that started in January. So we were we just decided to take 2019 and make it great for business, great I for fitness. It. Let's end 2019 in the best shape we of our adult lives. We've lost 20 pounds about at this point. Yeah, so when That's I started, incredible. I was probably mid-230s, and now I'm 205, so. Wow. Yeah. That's so impressive. And I'm sure it's been lean gains where you guys have, like, kept and, and actually built muscle, and then um, men are really cool to watch yeah. on the body composition. They're so probably, you can tell them the shoulders mm -hmm, and arms. Mm -hmm. and... Yeah, well, I was, I was in the gym every day before, so I was really strong. I was pushing big boy weights. Yeah. So I was strong, but I just wasn't fit. I wasn't flexible. Okay. I wasn't... Um, he was puffy. I was, He's puffy. He was puffy. yeah, I was, I was out of breath doing things I shouldn't have been out of breath doing. Interesting. And I was but, playing soccer still. And you I know was, what's even more interesting huh. is, and he he was fit underneath it all, but like he thought in his mind he thought he was really fit. I was always athletic. Yeah. I never lost my athleticism. I could still dunk a basketball. I could still play soccer, but I tell you, when you do it twenty, thirty pounds lighter, 
It's so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> like I I'm not having a puffin now. Yeah, because I would play on a Sunday mm-hmm. and I'd be sore until Thursday and then do it all over again. I'd feel good Friday, Saturday, do it Sunday. Now I do it Sunday and I feel great Monday. So as somebody who's fit now and you thought you were fit before, what changed? Flexibility is a huge part of it. So okay. I was never flexible. And you always struggled with flexibility. Like I literally couldn't bend over and touch my toes. Okay. Uh, from probably 25 years old, I was the... Oh wow! Yeah. And I, what? That sound. (laughs) You've been there, right? Every time you want to get something on the ground, you're like trying to find a way to get it without bending over. Should I sit down and reach? Oh my gosh! Yeah, Yeah, like a pregnant woman. That's and my dad's like that now. So my dad's sixty-four. Okay. Sixty-five. Okay. I can tell that he's he's on blood pressure medication and Mm -hmm. he's not flexible and he has the the weight around it. and I've talked to my mum and him about it yeah and I didn't want to be there and you mentioned being fit for kids and being able to keep up with them that's yes. I don't have kids yet so if I have kids tomorrow which yes. can't happen unless something really weird happened um get a call like remember that one time over in Hagagamani yeah. exactly <laughs> Hogmanay so by the time, by the time I'm 50 at 50 they would be 12 and that's when I want to be able to run around with a kid and play yes. basketball soccer football whatever I need to do with them right yes so there's there's so much that just feels different, but I think flexibility for one. I'm not achy the way I used to be, That's carrying awesome. extra weight. So inflammation. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. And just being aware of what I mean. Like I love cheeseburgers. Mm-hmm. That's like my. Yeah. We talk about balance. That's what this whole podcast is about. Yeah. Balance. Yeah. I love it. But not doing it six days out of seven. When you, know, you talk or, about with your you know fat and set, like some of the qualities and the good and fun things and things that you find happiness with in life yes. it's like you don't want to drain all those away just so you can get fit right it's like okay so it's you're depressed lifestyle. and fit mm-hmm. that's great that sounds really fun I, I love, love that you're be. asking those questions as well by the way this oh, is how it's supposed to is be. this new no it's um, okay we found that people come in nervous and then we start talking uh-huh. and it becomes conversational rather than interviewee yeah and people start to relax and then yeah have fun. it is fun it's actually quite nice if anybody's on the fence about you guys it's been enjoyable so far yeah i'll testify we like to think so <laughs> so you let's, put your hands up we'll stick we'll get back to the business stuff because i know ben's just chomping at the bit to ask i'm gonna ask about tiny houses too oh and my gosh houses. we're gonna do the tiny house holy thing. moses and, and that's a tiny house see, with a we tiny jumped hot off tub. your timeline <laughs> But my timeline's just my timeline. It's like old Rachel. We'll go back to it. The yeah. tiny house plays a part in the hubby thing, and I, I know you'll talk about that in a minute, right? Oh, yes. So, yes. Um, <laughs> I want to talk. Okay. And we're not talking about boxing here. WFBB. WBFF. WBFF, sorry. Just think BFF. Um, we're going to be BFF. It is like boxing, Woman isn't BFFs. it? It's like all these different organizations. Yes. And there's differences between them. There's There's more clean there's less clean and when okay, i say what clean you for? what did wbff you got i mean like world beauty fitness and fashion yeah okay. yes there's a bunch of fitness shows around here mm-hmm. and i've said before i have the utmost respect for people that can do that uh-huh but i have zero interest in doing it yes and there is nothing people say health and fitness and it's one or the other they mm-hmm. might be fit but they are not healthy when Correct. they step on that stage they might be fit or healthy, but they may not be athletic. They can't run the length of themselves. So I want you to tell us why you chose that organization, okay. why it means so much to you, and okay. the difference between that organization and others. 
Okay, so I had, uh, so when I first really got into health, I should say this about my timeline. So I was about um, 30 years old and I kept, I got revenge fit and then I lost it and I went back and my husband and I were married, my second one, James. And he was kind of frustrated because like when I met you, you were like really fit and now you're letting yourself go. Like you guys talked about, you know, when you get married, you get complacent. Mm -hmm. So I realized that I had some weird fears around getting fit. Like there was, it was weird and not weird and it was odd. It was odd. It was odd. And when I got really honest with myself and I didn't make myself wrong, my answers were, I was afraid that I was going to become a paraplegic. If I really went all in with fitness, mm -hmm. um, I had this really incorrect belief that I would become a paraplegic, that it would get taken, which might make sense thinking of my mom and sister, you know, going, um, that could probably be parallel. And then the other yep. thing was, is that people would leave me. They would be uncomfortable if I shone too bright so that my friends wouldn't want to be around me and I would make them uncomfortable. Yeah. And I decided I was going to do it anyways. So I had my own spirituality um, through recovery and decided, you know what, I'm taking my higher power and we're going to do this thing. So I went down and I got really fit. I started following some really cool girls. Um, actually, Farm Girl Fit was the first place that showed me beauty and strength in women. We interviewed Janessa. She I was one of our that. first. I saw that. She's a heck of a girl. And her and Jenny um, were crucial, like big part of my beginning into, into strength training. Cool. Um, and I saw them and I'm like, man that is beautiful and as I kept going with them they kind of showed me how to lift I got comfortable around weights and then I saw bodybuilding I saw Nicole Wilkins and Nicole Wilkins is like she's huge she's retired now but it was back in the earlier days of competing so this was probably 10-ish years ago or maybe eight years ago mm -hmm. eight ten years ago so I started lifting getting into bodybuilding looking at magazines like oxygen and rx and all these female you know bodybuildings and that's what I first did I would take these magazines in with me to move or when it was what was it than 24 Oz, yeah. I'd take it in and I started reading about clean eating and doing all this stuff and I saw these competitors and I'm like oh my gosh I want to do this and I remember talking to a girl being like we should totally do this and she's like yeah and so she goes and she goes on the journey and I'm kind of with her but then I was like oh man I'm not gonna do this because I started <laughs> reading articles and they were talking about like hypothyroid they were talking about failure adrenal failure and um, I got my heart broken around um, I lost everything. They talk about plateau and I started putting weight on, which we can talk about mm -hmm. if you want, but that kind of is why I do what I do today mm -hmm. to take the magic out of it for women and show them how to truly make the distinction between drugs and food when they're training and what does what. Love it. Yes. So, um, so that, that kind of, yeah, that was like dissuaded me from doing, like I got my heart broken there and I was reading these articles and I was like, I can't do that. So I took like a little bit of a break. I actually got involved with Lululemon because that was going to be my part-time job to support me. I was a church secretary at the Cathedral of Our Lady of Lords. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. What a journey, huh? I tell you, it's, it's crazy. Um, super wild. So, and I'm not a practicing Catholic today, much to my family's dismay. I have You're nothing against the hell. church, but no, I, I, I find my church, honestly, on my Dude, spin bike gosh. and I'm kidding. I know no. my, but my think my family actually thinks that though. Yeah. So well, I was born actually, and raised Catholic and I still go to mass, not every week. Good for you. I refused to go to confession since I was 18 years old. Wow. And a priest tried to talk to me about what I told him in confession outside of the confession. <gasps> Not, that's a not, no -no. In a, not in a sexual I, way. Or no, like I know, that. but that's like a no, no. But yeah, I told him I was like. I'll You're never not go to confession to again, and I haven't. Yeah. Um, but I always joke that being Catholic's great because we get to do what we want and then say sorry and 20 Hail Marys and you're set. <laughs> <laughs> they cured me of that when I went to recovery. They're like, Rachel, you actually have to do more than say sorry. <laughs> it's called a living amends. <laughs> there's definitely a side of Catholicism that I think doesn't get talked about enough in that there's just a guilt 
you're told that yeah. if you jerk off, you're going to go to hell. And then, <laughs> yep. But then you're supposed to go in a box and tell some priest about it. Yeah. Swear to God, I could hear him unzipping and yeah. doing oh it himself gosh. sometimes when you were telling him that stuff. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm joking. Holy I'm joking. Christ. This is a comedian in me. <laughs> tell me more, son. <laughs> oh, no. How much do you want to know, Father? Um, sorry. Mum, I'm sorry. If you ever listen to one of these podcasts, please don't judge. Okay. Just no a joke, judgment. Mom. Just a joke, Mum. Um, <laughs> I know. I kind of have that Your in the back of my head, too. I'm like, through. if my family hears this, because they're very, I mean, this is stuff that's really close to their heart. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, it's funny, but it's like not funny to them. It would not be funny to them. Like, I, no. I am a big believer that you can make a joke about anything. And if somebody gets offended, yes. that's their own fucking problem. Yeah. Yeah. You can say the F word on here too. Yeah, I do it all the time. Holy shit. It's explicit. That's the E. Oh, yay. I was like all editing myself no. and I'm like, don't drop the F bomb, Rach. Do you think I would invite you somewhere you couldn't swear? That's true. I am branded that way for spin. She's like, she's the instructor that uses yeah. the F word. So, anywho, it's. Yeah, I decided, get back on no, track. not competing. I'm done. Not going to do it. But it did get me connected with Lululemon and I made a big career shift. And then well, you I. You did do it, didn't you? Didn't you go to Tempe or something? Just lately. But for eight years, I said, no way oh, am I going to compete then Instagram comes along right and we start seeing these like beautiful female athletes and they're staying the same way almost year round and they're looking ripped and they're looking shredded and I was like what is this organization and they looked incredible and they looked healthy and they looked like these beautiful like thoroughbred horses where I was like I love that and I started researching the WBFF and I thought oh my gosh you know am I going to do this so I just decided to compete in that June show the year before so that was, uh, I think February, April, I said, I'm going to compete. I talked to my coach about it and she was like, yeah, I think you would do well. Let's do it. So we trained for a year, but before that I was never going to compete because I didn't want to put my body through that. I heard the best set is never steal from your tomorrow to get for today. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of the local competition asks us to do. And I don't mean to offend anybody, but the truth is it's, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's kind of known that you have to do certain things to your body in these local federations if you want a place it's very different and i've talked about this on here as well the expectations of men versus women Mm -hmm. so a lot of the women they they might take things or do things and i'm saying a lot i can't give you a a percentage Mm -hmm. i know people that have done it clean yeah um but men can't step on stage and look the way they look without without doing something it's the same with females now i hear actually from old competitors where they're like I'm going to have to take steroids to continue yeah. doing this. And it's not always even steroids. So Right, there's different kinds of things out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So HGH is a big one, obviously. Yeah. And the thing that gets me, we've touched on this, but when you basically increase your testosterone levels to superhuman points, what it does, first off, your testicles shrink. Mm. You have the sex drive of a male primate. Like you are, you're like a, a, a mink in heat. You cannot stop having sex, right? Oh, wow. But then when you cycle off of it as a man, then you don't have the testosterone. You have issues. You cannot perform then. So if you're in a relationship mm-hmm. and you're doing this bodybuilding thing, it's mm-hmm. going to affect your, your the physical side of your relationship. And I've always said, I want my, my dick and balls to work <laughs> as long into my, my later life That's as possible. That's a worthy, worthy goal. 
So I will never. Yeah. Even if I'm not chiseled ripped and I got a beard. <laughs> I just I want, want that these to bad boys to work. <laughs> and I know there's ways to do it orally as well. You can take oral supplements or gear or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. But I'm shit scared of needles. Needles and spiders are my two. Needles and spiders. Kryptonite. Good to know. As I said, good to know. Don't ever mess with us. You bring spiders in here, I will cut you. <laughs> do you we'll, know I catch and release well, I'll spiders? I'll pull a needle out. <laughs> yeah. There will be a Stephen-shaped hole in there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Stephen. <laughs> So let's get back to you and, and WBFF yes. and, and, and all of that. So you, you did your first show. Yes, I did Tempe, Arizona in uh, June 2019. And you kicked us. Way beyond my wildest dreams. Yeah, <laughs> way. I did not expect that at all whatsoever. And I'm not just saying that. Like, this isn't false humility. So what do you compete in? What is going on when you're in Tempe? So I'm a bikini uh, pro now. And so I did the 35 plus. It was an amateur show. So in WBFF, they're not local. You have to go. It's huge in Australia. It's in London, Korea, uh, Brazil. It's all around the world. And it's starting to pick up on the U.S., which gets me really excited. So you have to go to, like, different you know, cities to do it, pretty bigger, much bigger cities to do it. Even the amateur shows like Dallas, um, Hmm. or it has to be a pro-am, but I can't, I couldn't compete with other professional athletes if I weren't um, a pro, basically (laughs) is how it goes. So we did Tempe, Arizona, my coach and I decided on that. And then I did the 35 plus bikini division uh, for females. And I ended up placing first in my division and that could have been enough. Um, which uh, there's a lot of women that I was talking to, they have placed first and they still don't earn their pro card. So it's not necessarily you're going to get your pro card. It's, Hey, you did a good job. You got first. Good job. There you go. So they called me back out on stage and then they uh, uh, offered me my pro status. So what does that mean to be pro? Pro means that I and can no longer compete in amateur shows. And it's kind of like making the team, like varsity team of like, oh. it's an organization's big hug so and welcome in. From a competition standpoint, you can yeah. no longer. Like a pro athlete in their federation. Oh, cool. Yes. Okay. So it ups the game quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. The competition's a little stronger now. A lot stronger. Yes. It's like making the, the team and then you're, uh, I'm the new kid, right? So Yeah. Yeah. So now they're pushing you. Yeah. Now it's like big, big stuff. So are you going to continue to compete? Oh, yeah. Okay. So the, ma- the major difference that I see in a WBFF bikini competitor versus a bikini competitor in... MPC or IFBB. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to call people out by, by MPC names. MPC or IFBB. Okay, no, I'm kidding. You already did. But the major difference I see is when, when you stepped on stage, you looked lean, but you looked fit and healthy. You'd eaten that week. You yes. were hydrated. Yes. Yeah, you, didn't, you didn't emaciate yourself. No. And you didn't look like skin and bones. No. Yeah, and I looked very healthy. Yeah, really yeah. healthy. Yes. And beautiful. And... A lot of times, I, I want to take you to one of the local shows one time, just to show you the... First off, I don't understand the spray tans. Why? Why, why are people so orange? Why? That is something different in the WBFF too. You mm-hmm. have to use their people. They are... It's brand, so they protect their brand. You have mm-hmm. to use their hair, their makeup, and their tan. You cannot come in with your own tanner. You cannot have your yeah. own sprayer. Um, it, they do that so that they can show off their... Um, well, they're physique. The partners and stuff as well. But it right? also looks really... You, it's gotten to the point where you don't even notice the physique. You notice the tan. You're like, whoa. Yeah. So then... Yeah. Super orange. The other thing yeah. you'll notice when we do these shows is the men, not so much. The men, I mean, they're they're dehydrated, but they go on there. And as soon as they flex, there's just sweat dripping out of them. Like, they're so juiced or whatever it is they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then the women, 
there's times where you're like, listen, girl, you need to eat a cupcake. Like, look at you. Like, come on. You need to eat like, a cupcake. You don't look healthy. You don't Go look Go drink fit. some water. You look... Emaciated. I mean, you can see it in their eyes. Their eyes mm-hmm. are a grey colour. and But they've got this bronze spray-on tan. And you're like, yeah, what part of this is a, fit and fit, a fitness and health show, right? Yeah. A health and fitness show. So WBFF just is different, in my opinion. They look healthy. They look, they look like athletes, and that's what I mean. That's what I'm attracted to in a woman, anyway. Mm-hmm. Not skinny with oh god, look, I can see her tricep, but dear lord, does she need to run around in the shower to get wet? Um, <laughs> so I don't want to rip on people that do it. I do have really close friends. I do too. I do too. But, and I think, as far as like dedication, it is much harder to compete in organizations around here like it's on a different level mm-hmm. um different level and then wbff for me everyone's like you train so hard you work so hard and i was like this was probably the kindest i've ever been to my body probably the easiest training i've ever been through i mean it's challenging but it never felt like well, i was getting injured balance, it sounds like yes like that we talk about and it's so maintainable in life not mm-hmm. just yes and everything out of your life and I decided I wasn't going to do anything I couldn't ask another female to do. So if that was required of me, that wasn't happening. And so they earned a lot of my respect by having a natural female come in there. I haven't taken anything, hurt my body in any way, mm-hmm. come in emaciated or anything like that. And they're like, hey, not only do we like you, we want you to be part of our organization. Interesting. Yeah. Well, the other thing that just blows my mind is I get so many people I know that compete and did it clean here mm-hmm. locally and maybe Montana and mm-hmm. Seattle. And then they're upset, like, or they're like, oh, I brought a good package, but I was only fourth or fifth, and I want to be... And it's like, girl or guy, like, no, you, you're where you need to be. Like, you're you're naturally fit as opposed to... Fake mm-hmm. fit. Yeah. And that's just the Big judges, fitters. right? So it's not even the competitors. It's so the judges subjective. will judge those, those packages up to where you mm-hmm. know you have to, like start doing things that you might not agree with. And I'm not saying that everybody, you know, in these organizations does use things. And if they don't, good luck. It's kind of what the, yeah. the thinking now is. If you don't do something, good luck winning because you're probably not going to. Well, you also mentioned that a big thing for you is a lot of people want to train for performance. Mm-hmm. You teach spin fit at the union. We had Tyler Lafferty on as well, by the way. Oh. So, Tyler was Tyler. one of our, Was Tyler our first interview? He was, wasn't he? Yeah. He yeah, knows. Tyler was our very first He's interview. Cool. I love Tyler. Um, but yeah, you talk about performance. Nick, the spinner you were so. teaching a spin class, I want to say, three or four days before you went to Arizona to compete. So let me, just so you guys don't think get, get things twisted. My cardio, I did no spin. So I haven't been on a spin bike, you guys, in probably six months. So what do you teach then? Spin. But you don't do it while you're teaching. <laughs> I'm the spin, spin teacher who doesn't spin. Oh. Yes. I had no idea. I know. So you're, you're not on the bike? Up no. Front, so I have little on. riders come in. My, I'll have somebody from class ride for me. And I asked the, the union when I got back, and I said, hey, you guys, like, do you want a spin teacher who doesn't spin? Because I'm not getting back on my bike. I'm going for my pro debut in April of 2020. And they said, yeah, as long as it's not compromising class. And I'm actually more popular now because of the riders like people love riding for me i dance i dry hump bikes i like get all up in people's business it's insane it's insane this this might convince me to go and spin it's actually way <laughs> more fun class, Tyler, so, yeah. i used to teach as well by the way did back you in my college days you no way spin? Spin? we're yeah. looking you we're can be looking. a rider you can be her rider yes 
I yeah. no, I don't know. Maybe ride or die. Oh, we <laughs> got a maybe. Die. That's basically like a yes out of If you give me a second, I will remember the name of the organization that certified me. It's one of the very first oh, Spinfit organizations. Actually, it was Spinfit. Spinfit, the actual organization. Yeah. So I was Spinfit certified in Scotland. Oh my and taught gosh, the I never knew that. And I had to have this special membership to buy CDs because you oh. had to pay the royalties and all that for your music <laughs> that you used during classes. And I hated it. I'm like, I can make my own CDs. Well, we'll get the, you'll get the gym shut down. I'm like, oh, it's only music gosh. piracy. Victimless crime, right? That's funny. That's I did not know that. Piracy is not a victimless crime. No, I remember <laughs> that. Millionaires everywhere will be pissed off. Mm-hmm. Um, what? No. But yeah, I, I used to teach Spinfit. That's so cool. Can we cool. talk about Tiny House now? I want to talk about a Tiny House. You want to talk about Tiny House? Go yeah, for I it. want to talk about Tiny House. Okay. You, you live in a Tiny House. I live in a Tiny House. What's that like? Uh, it's perfect and for where, me. Where do you live? We like, you're live. What does it look like? Well, we just bought a little quarter acre. We're about four minutes from downtown. Oh, um, I'm not going to say exactly where because I probably have stalkers. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> Our address is. No. I'm like. So you bought a lot. I bought out a in lot. The forest. Yes, out in the forest. So we're backed up to like um, county trails and stuff, which is really nice. Yeah, sweet. Um, it was we were on Tiny House Hunters on HGTV. So we, we were, yes. Oh, cool. This was actually during our breakup. My husband and I broke up for six months. And he, the funny part is, is the builder of the tiny home said, hey, do you and Rachel want to be on Tiny House Hunters? And he's like, well, Rachel and I are not together, but he was going to take the tiny house. We were still friends, but he knew it would like irritate me because I love attention and performing and being on TV. He doesn't get to be on TV unless I do. I know. And he said, yes. He would have probably said no if it wasn't about that, but he's like... This ought to get her. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then they asked if he would have a touring partner. So he asked me to be his touring partner. And we actually... A touring partner? Touring. So, I, I, so being the, the filming with him of Tiny House Hunters. And I actually think that's what helped bring us back together. No kidding. Yeah. So where did you guys find your tiny house? How did you decide to live in the tiny house? We had been talking about it for a while. We lived in a suburban home out in Green Acres off of Riverwalk. And we just started asking ourselves the question because we weren't having kids. I couldn't have children. And so it was just one of those things where um, what are we doing and why are we doing it? Right? So always getting into the deeper questions of why do we live in a three-bedroom, two-bath home and we don't have kids, we don't entertain. And he's, you know... It, it began to own us, the mortgage and everything. So we're like, well, what if we got rid of the mortgage? What if we got rid of the maintenance? And so we started talking about tiny homes. And then we found the place out in Spirit Lake, um, tiny portable cedar cabins. Yeah. And Dave builds out there and he can do anything you want him to do. He customizes it and he's so reasonable. And James is very much about, um, oh, like efficiency. So making sure that, you know, you have great insulation, great you know, James uh, is your husband. Yes, my husband. And just great insulation, great building material so that it'll last. So he researched everything and he's like freaking affordable. I know it sounds like he sponsored me, but he didn't. And he built our tiny house for us. And so we just started having him build it. We didn't have a place to put it. We were just like, let's ask for uh, forgiveness instead of permission and roll. And so we did. And um, yeah. And then sold the house, found some property. Sold the house, moved in with my mother-in-law okay. in her basement. That's when we broke up. But she's a doll. It wasn't because of that. And then, um, yeah, it took us, like, he built it and then found property. We bought that together, and we just paid cash for it. It was a little lot, not developed, which you learn later that you probably want to get it a little developed before you yeah. just go buy property. But we learned the hard way. So, yeah, we ended up putting our tiny house out there, and... Um, 
Love it. Please, living in it. please, please tell me you don't have a composting toilet. We have a composting toilet. <laughs> doesn't it just stink all the time? <laughs> it doesn't, actually. It can, but it doesn't. There's things you can do to make it very bad. Let me it use it one time. Under your house or what? No, it goes in a bucket. So when we first originally got the... Con- now, James, we had a septic put in. And James, my husband, eventually plumbed the pee part, the urine part, to the septic. Because you got to think you're dealing with like a bodybuilder-style girl yeah. who's drinking over a gallon of water a He's day. He's like, this is ridiculous. Yes, <laughs> it was ridiculous. And let me tell you, if you didn't know, it was close to being full. And I would wake up in the middle of the oh, night. Yeah. I learned that the hard way. <clears throat> it can overflow. And you're like, oh. what is happening? Yeah. I peed my bathroom floor. <laughs> you, no. just, you just give me the heebie-jeebies. I, I can't did. imagine a composting toilet. No. That it's, sounds horrific. And I was like, I'm never touching it. I'm never changing it. He really wanted it, so we have it. He changes it and does it. But the pee goes in one part, and then the poop goes in another part. And then you put compost over it, and then he buries it out. It's basically a fancy RV bin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is it on skids or did you put it on a trailer? Is it on a It's trailer? on a trailer. So it's, it's on wheels, on but it's got like a foundation to it. And it's very light. Like there's lots of, we have French doors, six by six windows. Because if you go into some of those tiny homes, they get so nervous for storage. That's a whole nother conversation yeah. we could talk about, like lack of abundance living, right? Um, and so I was like, I just need open because I can't breathe in some of these tiny homes with the... Um, mm-hmm with all the cupboards and everything just feels like an RV. So we got ours a little bit bigger than a custom or a typical tiny home because we knew we weren't going to be moving it 24-7. So it's not a full tiny home. It's just like an almost tiny home. Yeah. It's 350 square feet. It's still small. Yeah. That is tiny. Uh, and do you utilize all the way up as well? Like, do you have high space? We have loft, but I don't. Yeah, I just have open floors concept. So it's like 15 and a half foot ceilings. Okay. So do you sleep in the loft? Is that where you yeah. sleep? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Okay. That's a daredevil move because if a tree falls on us, we're dead. You're like well, right there by the roof. It's the of the tiny house. So yeah. I don't watch almost any TV. Yeah. But I just watched a tiny home show on HGTV Did you? at someone else's house. I don't have cable. I literally have internet, and if it's not on a streaming service, I can't see yeah, it. Me too. Same with us. Um, yeah. But yeah, I saw it's HGTV for the first time in a long time the other day, and I saw this little tiny home show, and it made me think. Aww. I was like, oh, we're interviewing Rachel on Monday. Look at yes. that. That's kind of cool. I like that. It's a nice life hack if you don't have kids and, you know, um, that's what we do. I like to hack my life. So it's like, does this make sense for me? You're not owned by it. It's, I'm horrible at cleaning. So like I was, even in my apartment when we broke up for like six months, I like was in an apartment and I would get myself into a space where it would take me like two days to clean up. Where now with a tiny home, it's the max is two hours. If it's bad. Yeah. If it's bad, it's two hours to clean up the whole thing. Um, Because I'm always moving. I only use home to like kind of do things and rest. And so, yeah. Do you guys cook out and you cook in the tiny home a lot or do you go out? Oh, yeah. I have everything. So I have like a full Costco size appliances. Um, I said the kitchen and the bathroom. I want a bathtub and I want a full size kitchen. Cool. And it's perfect. I I will never have a house that doesn't have a bathtub. Me neither. Speaking of bathtubs, you've seen the one in our basement. So Ben has a sex room in his basement. You do. It's the only thing I it could possibly room. be for. Really? It's, and it the has dude shag who built carpet. This house, it was a bachelor when he built it. <laughs> and there's a dance floor in the basement. Oh my god! There was mirrors on the ceiling in the master bedroom. As I told you, it's a moved. sex room. That's not a bad idea. I think mirrors are very important. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've definitely I like mirrors. Wait, did you see the loft in the tiny home? <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because like, there's, oh. there's not much room. It's only one six inches off their face. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> All I can see is nose right now. This yeah. is weird. <laughs> this is really, I'm going cross-eyed here. Is it just the two of us in this bed? I can't tell. So confused. So anyway, back to this room okay. in his basement. I want you, do you have a picture of it? We'll show you uh, after. I think I actually do okay. have a picture of it. You don't need to get it out now or the picture. It's horrific. You're so funny. There is shag carpet. This bathtub is deep. And it's, it's actually indoor-outdoor carpet. It's, it's a so little weird, weird narrow room. Yeah, he showed it really to me weird. and I was like, Ben, you need to rip this out of here. He's like, no, we just keep the door shut. <laughs> Get it out. Oh my gosh. No, it's staying. I think, yeah. my, I think my exact oh. sentence was, Ben, do you know how much jizz there is in this? I'm like, I know. I was like, oh my God. Oh my gosh. You should post it's that got, on your That you don't Insta. even know. That is a stained glass window. Oh, Backward my gosh. The colors <laughs> oh, are special as well, aren't they? Oh, my gosh. Who is this person that made this house? His name is... Uh, the rest of the house is spectacular, by the way. You should see the deck. This is just a weird Spokane. little area, huh? Yeah. This is. Uh, Do you have yeah. an actual picture of the nice parts of the house and not the sex room? <laughs> yeah. That is odd. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, that's cool. gorgeous. Yeah, so that's a cool spot. Oh my gosh. But. Yeah, it's like like two alter egos. Like it's like a bipolar home. Like part of it's like light and the bright, dude, and then he dark. Was, and... He was a wealthy bachelor when he built. He it. had that people so tied weird. up in There's there. You know what? In the foundation, like. Jeez. In the foundation. Of the Say house. what? Safes. Yeah, safes. Like a vault safe oh. in the ground. Any money in it? No, they're cleaned out. I checked. Hmm. Darn it. There's the security system has pressure mats in rooms. You go into a room you're not supposed to, and that's the alarm set. Like, Dude, he was kidnapping people. Something was people. Like, He was kidnapping people. Like, yes. You better make sure there's no bodies in your yard. Yeah. There's a concrete bunk, like a concrete setup in between two houses. Like, are, you, concrete? are you sure Holy it wasn't Bill Gunness? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Time Suck Podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So, okay. I wanted to say this. What? The I'm tiny house, my notes. I've got tiny house. Tiny house. WTF. D- what the? F- how? WTF? Challenges and why? But you pretty much answered all of that. Yeah. yeah. You do have a garage? I mean, that's like a thing. No. Like, not having a garage is like a thing for me. That'd be. That'd why? Because like, I don't want to scrape the ice off my truck during the winter. Yeah. <laughs> so, can I ask you something? Yes. And this <laughs> is not aimed at anyone in particular. Ooh, Stephen. I have a new passion, and this is one of the things that I think we should focus on in 2020, by the way, since we've already gotten through most of 2019 and we're talking about what we might do. I have a passion for simplifying fitness Mm -hmm. and health. Mm -hmm. So ties in with what you do. You Mm -hmm. talk body composition versus um, macros and all. You might track macros, but for me, it's, look, Let's figure out what your maintenance calories are, create a deficit, teach you how to do that, and then we'll get to more intricate goals as and when you master things, right? Let's sure. run, let's walk before we can run tight. Mm-hmm. Now, Instagram. You love it. I love it. Ben hates it, but he does it. I don't hate it. I just won't post a gym selfie. You just never remember to take pictures when I ask you to take pictures. Instagram. The but I have people that tell me... Uh, share too much and then I have people that reach out literally daily and say I needed to hear this or thanks so much for sharing this you, you get that as well mm-hmm. right because you're always trying oh, to inspire absolutely. people and it's not necessarily that I'm trying to inspire people I put it out there for me and for others and if it helps it helps and if it doesn't move on don't mm-hmm. worry about it mm-hmm. but there's an entire group of people that use certain words and the words I've got are fit coach entrepreneur what do you think about these non-qualified 
charlatans <laughs> who are online selling meal plans Steven. of white rice, broccoli, chicken, don't eat anything else, maybe some asparagus. You eat a cheeseburger, you're going to hell type people. And the people that preach supplementation for weight loss as opposed, to, eats as, cheeseburger ever. as opposed to caloric deficit and hard work. Okay. Right? And what do you think the fix for that is? How do we simplify the fitness industry and get people just focused on the simple things that will make them better rather than spending a bunch of money for useless shit? Well, I think that's a very broad question. It's a a big question. (laughs) I don't know that I'm going to get to all of it, but I love it. You're going to love Martin McDonald. That's my mentor um, Mm -hmm. that I'm starting his university. He's based out of London. And that's exactly what he talks about. Um, it's basically what you said about people selling stuff to people um, and they'll buy it up. So it's just like with any area of our life. So there's health, you know, fitness, beauty. These are big, big things in our life that um, people will pay a lot of money for. And there is no magic pill, right? That's just the way it is. Skinny I think, Ben. What's that? That's the name of a pill, by the way, Skinny Ben. I wasn't saying Skinny you ben. Skinny Ben. I think it can be very political. I think we tend to get in the, the arena of right and wrong. And I think that, I honestly think nutrition and, and fitness has become like pol- politics and religion. Mm-hmm. And people want it their way. And we get so like, you shouldn't do paleo. You shouldn't do keto. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. You should do whatever in the hell works for you. That's what I say. If you I feel good about, you know, doing the broccoli, rice, and chicken and you're happy... Great, I support you 100%. If you feel great about keto and you're loving the results you get there, great, I support it 100%. I think simplifying would let people be flexible and find what works best for them. Mm -hmm. Now, is there like a standard that works well for a lot of people? Yes, I mean, there are some very basic things they could be doing. And I don't think it ends at nutrition. I think one of the biggest things, I mean, this is totally off topic, but sleep. If people would start sleeping, holy shit. Like the amount of gains they could make with muscle mass and fat loss and uh, not setting themselves up for Alzheimer's to really be able to enjoy. I mean, there's so much about sleep that we're not even nailing that could help us as athletes. Like nutrition, people are just starting to pick up on that. But essentially what I want to say to that is, does it work? And one thing I always coach people to say before you hire a coach, do you want what they have? So if I hired Ben as a financial you know, analyst and you're going to help me and you're going to coach me, do, you want do I want room? what you have? Do I want that sex room? Do I want that creepy little tomb that you have in your backyard? Maybe. Creepy what? Wait, tomb? What? I don't know. You're talking about a cement oh, thing that like, things could be in or bodies. <laughs> I don't know. You a tell tomb. me. So that's what I invite people to do. So if you're getting coached by somebody online and you're looking at their physique or they haven't maintained it and they've been there six months, one of the hardest things to do is maintain mm-hmm. maintain anybody can lose fat in four weeks anybody can lose fat in a year can they keep it after two years can they mm-hmm. keep the results three years that's the people i'm watching the yeah. people that can actually make it a lifestyle because that's what i had to tell myself when i started this program i said i'm tired of this shit you know like somebody trying to sell me a 12-week program what do you do after 12 weeks and i sell 12-week yeah. programs yeah. right what do you do after 12 weeks well then you buy another 12-week program maybe Maybe or the next program. The mentality of people <laughs> is I go back to my old way of being. Yeah. yeah then I, I can it, go back to my now. old way of being. Well, that's gotta be why people's weight if ebbs and flows, right? Up and down. Right. Well, that's where we come back to everything that we have talked about Not for the, the last matters, eight months. 
we always yeah. find ourselves coming back to the same common principles and concepts and consistency is one of the ones we talk about the most mm-hmm. so yeah well look, that's the hardest part what, yes. what I think and, and I agree with you find what works for you mm-hmm. whether it's keto paleo whatever or Atkins diet or calorie counting or macros counting but what I want the coaches to do is say hey yeah we're going to do keto but what keto is achieving for you is a caloric deficit and that's why you're losing weight it's not because you're focused on eating bacon or wrapping vegetables in bacon or eating this meat or that meat or grass-fed meat versus non-grass-fed meat we're going to create a caloric deficit and we're going to create consistency and if you feel you can do this long term by all means but to your point so many people are like oh well I can lose 20 pounds and then just get back to what I was doing and it's like well then you're doing the same things you've always done and it might have taken you five years to gain that 25 pounds but in five years time that 25 pounds is coming back if you go back to what you were doing Mm -hmm. well metabolically we're super ill as yeah. a society, super ill. And I tell people that come into my office, so it also measures visceral fat, my mm-hmm. body composition scanner, and that's the fat you have on, around your organs. This is what we should have done when we first started this thing. But we can do a scan. You guys are more than welcome. I'd yeah. love to scan you. So, yes, you would have had such big different results. Yeah. So that's like, Would've I tell cool. people it's like being pregnant, right? And, and they say that pregnancy is the ultimate stress test on the body. And you see those guys rolling around with big guts. Yeah. Well, imagine them. They got a baby in there. Now it's going to be, you know, twins. Now it's triplets. Now it's quadruplets. They ever having that baby and they can't breathe they're like <gasps> you know that that wheezing that they're doing and it's their mm-hmm. organs getting shoved up and it's just like when you have a baby they like shove all the organs up and puts like an ultimate amount of stress that's never going to go away when somebody's reading my machine will go as high as a 20 more often than not eight out of ten women that come into my office will be a 20 or above eight out of ten metabolically ill and what i've noticed is i'm an alcoholic right i'm a recovering alcoholic Alcoholics end up with what? Fatty liver disease. You see those guys that drink, they got skinny limbs, but a big old beer belly, right? So it's a metabolic illness. They have an insane amount of visceral fat. Well, sugar, fructose, especially fructose, actually only, it behaves like a drug, right? And we get so much added to it that I can ask somebody, like, it looks like they have fatty liver disease. And I say, do you drink? And they say, no. I said, do you eat sugar? Yes. Lots of it. Lots of sugar. And they don't even actually have to eat a lot today, you guys. If you've ever seen, uh, watch that sugar film. It's the best. And you drink a soda and you're done. Not yeah. even a soda. Sugar's and everything. Do low-fat yeah. yogurt, apple juice, and uh, low-fat yogurt, and granola. You're probably already sitting at 20 teaspoons of sugar. What brand of ketchup do you eat, Ben? <laughs> Tell us, Ben. Because there's a difference be- between the sugars as well. You've got high fructose corn syrup mm-hmm. in most Heinz products versus... Hunt uses real sugar, which technically is better for you. Yeah. I'm a fan of glucose. So fructose, um, and they've done studies on it, mm-hmm. it is, uh, it's a toxin and it gets treated like a drug in our bodies. It cannot get uptaken by ourselves. It won't go to our muscle. It won't help our brain. Glucose can. So what happens is that they add fructose to a bunch of our food and people are eating and they think they're like doing well and they think mm-hmm. they're hitting carbs or they're logging wine. As in their in their my fitness pal. gallons of sugar dumped into what wine the, barrels. It's not even that, but ethanol. Ethanol cannot get stored as energy. Yeah. The thing that blows my mind, and I'm not calling any groups out. They'll do big workouts and then hey, let's all go have a beer and do some wine. That messes your body up so yeah. hard, and metabolically, it won't help it recover. Mm-hmm. So what I try to do with people, no matter what they're up to or what they're doing, what does keto do? It pretty much takes out sugar and alcohol. 
What is paleo? It takes out a lot of sugar and alcohol. It's very clean. If you can get drugs out of your system, mm -hmm. um, you can do much, much better with whole clean foods versus if you're ingesting drugs and then thinking. And what I tell people fructose and ethanol are, they're only fat gainers. That's the only thing. You're not gonna gain muscle. You're not gonna gain anything but fat. Once your liver gets overwhelmed, you're gone. We got a great definition of a whole food from yes. uh, Mike Nielsen. Yes. Do you know Mike? I don't. U District owner, we interviewed him. Oh, he also cool. trains all the Gonzaga athletes. Yes. Yeah. U District does. And he uh, he basically said the best way to figure out if it's a whole food is is the food you're eating the ingredient of the food. And I loved yeah. that. I was like, yeah, you're eating an apple, it's an apple, right? Mm -hmm. You're eating something that you have to look and there's 27 different ingredients and, you know, E's and C's and D's before everything. You're like, wait, what is that? Is that coloring? Is it preservative? Is sure. it. And, Trying so to words you can't so even he say. works with college athletes, yeah, who walk in and tell them they only eat cheeseburgers and pizza. <laughs> and these people's bodies are supposed to perform at this high level. And the incredible part is they are. Imagine what they did if they had like proper nutrition yeah. behind them. Yeah. They'd be unstoppable. But he did also say he goes, if that's the only thing you're going to eat all day, then yes, go eat the cheeseburger. Yeah, right. but then then he'll find the fruit they can tolerate, and he'll slowly teach them mm -hmm. baby steps, right? Because extremes are terrible in any oh, in any walk of life stick. yeah you can't you can't take somebody from one extreme to the next you have to do it step by step right you know that that sort of a incremental changes as opposed to the the mass change and i think that's another thing in the fitness industry that people expect someone who's 100 pounds overweight just to be able to change their diet and not crave the sugar and not crave you know the the unhealthy things that they've always had and it's like no can we can we wean it's almost like I like to create it in different ways in healthy mm -hmm. ways so I like to take something I'm a master manipulator right we spoke to that as I grew up I know how <laughs> to manipulate I just transform that and I manipulate food to do what I want it to do mm -hmm. so if I want sweet I eat sweet if I want salty I eat salty if I want something I find a way to recreate it in a healthy form so that I'm not trying to use willpower what's your favorite dessert my favorite dessert, oh my gosh, I make like these no-bake cookies. So I take peanut butter powder, like PB2, put a little bit of stevia. I'm a, I am love erythritol. It is a sugar alcohol, but when I really want something that tastes like sugar, mm -hmm. I will use that. And I mix it up with oats and a little bit of unsweetened almond milk and some um, lilies. Makes a sugar-free uh, dark chocolate chip. And I mix that all in and I eat it up at night. Hmm. We have those. They are amazing. Cookies. I should have made you some. I'm sorry. I feel like we have a call to action here. Oh, hey, oh, oh, oh cookies. So Ben and I often train with the people that we interview. Okay. And do things with them. So I would, if you're open to it, <laughs> let's do a body composition. Yeah. And then let's train together. Okay. Whether it's. Do you want to come to my, my uh, go to the distance with my coach? Sure. Yeah. We'd love to. I, yeah. I saw she followed us today after what? you posted. Did she? Yeah. Chris so she is amazing. She followed O2E. One of the, uh, oh, it's cool. called The Distance. So Rachel's coach there. followed us on the Instagram. <laughs> she will go. And, and the beautiful part about Krista. Do have a gym or something locally? Yeah, she owns Go The Distance. Oh, okay. And she's my trainer. Is that a gym? That's a local gym, I think. Yeah, it's by the Costco out in the valley, the Spray yeah. Costco. And we'll get her a bunch of exposure and put it on social medias. Yeah. And, yeah no, she's to. awesome. She'll have you shaking like baby. It's not mean training. It's actually quite like you're going to, it's yeah. sneaker. It sneaks up I on you. I was like Mike's too though. Nilsson is just like, hey, hold this position. You're like, what? I would love that. I would love for That'd her to great. like put you through one of my workouts with me. Yeah. Yeah. Not leg day. 
Not leg day? We can do leg day. We don't have to. No, I love leg day. What's your favorite? The Let's do your favorite. The only thing about leg day is I'm still learning the squat. So I've talked about flexibility. Mm-hmm. It's only the last few months I've been able to get my hands on a bar. Oh, wow. And actually go down in a squat. I do a lot of goblet squats. I do a lot of front squats. Oh, wow. And then I usually use a Smith machine for squats just now because, like I said, I couldn't get my hands back on yeah. the bar. I was like I was like a T-Rex. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's true. But I've worked on the shoulder. Like I do this thing called Romwad. It's range of motion workout of the day. Okay. It's the best ten or twelve dollars I spend every month because really? I do it every day religiously. Around. After it. I, we did it this morning. Yeah. Um, and it helps me. And it's so sitting there being massive. Oh please, God! Please only be a thirty minute. I was a thirty second hold. I preach to people. Oh well, I'm an, an athlete. That's why I'm not flexible. That's what I used to say to people. Yes. At 17 years old, I'd be dunking a basketball, and people were like, "Yeah, but you can't touch your toes." I'm like, "That's how you are when you have muscle, <laughs> right?" And yeah, I, I swear to God, I believe that. Yeah. And then I saw Kobe Bryant's stretching routine probably 10 years ago, and at that point, I was like, "All right, if he's flexible <laughs> and he can do what he can do, how the hell can I not bend over and touch my toes?" Right. So yeah, I heard I've, a yoga teacher say too. She's like, try to wherever you are, like try to touch your toes. She's like. If you do nothing, it will never, it'll only get worse from here. Mm-hmm. So just know that. You touch your toes now? Oh, dude, like I, what we did this morning, I couldn't do any of that a year and a half ago. I remember ago. you were That's terribly impressive. Yeah. Like I could, like. I need to work on flexibility. Yeah. I'm you touch you. your toes? Yeah. Okay. There are still really uncomfortable parts. I can't hold them for as long as other people can, but yeah. no, just the flexibility well, I, I have now. I remember just when we started working out. You were like, okay, I'm done stretching. I was like, what do you, yeah. what do you mean you're done stretching? Like, I would like, sweat more stretching than lifting really big weights. Oh, that makes sense. Probably pain and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's do that. We'll schedule time to do that little testing yeah. thing. That'd be kind of cool. All right. I'm going to ask you. Oh, here we go. I always like to gear up this question. You do. I like it. <laughs> oh, like, here we oh, go. Oh, oh. oh exciting. It's exciting Woo! stuff about to come here. So this is, kind of, this is kind of too. So eventually <laughs> we're going to let you ask us questions if you want to ask us anything. Sure. But you said something that really resonated with me and it's something I've always believed in. So I want to talk about recovery a little bit. Okay. In two sleep. formats. The first one being sleep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the second one being addiction recovery. Mm-hmm. So you can talk to us about sleep first, but um, in terms of addiction recovery, you said you're in recovery. You never said you're recovered. And I think that that's a really important element. I think I have a super addictive personality, mm-hmm. but what I've done is I've put sort of um, structures and discipline in place and I've been blessed to be surrounded by positive people most of my life. I started drinking probably a couple years after you did. Mm-hmm. I've never been an addict per se. So let's talk about recovery versus recovered and let's talk about recovery in terms of sleep and what you think so are the most important elements of that. Yeah. Okay. So recovered versus recovery as far as like alcoholism? Yeah, yeah. And, and why you say you're in recovery versus I'm a recovered alcoholic. So every day I'm creating my life and mm-hmm. I don't believe that words describe me, I believe they create me. Mm-hmm. And so I know I have work to do every damn day. Just like as an athlete, I don't do one spin class and I'm like, hey, that's fun, I'm done. It's a daily choice, it's a daily action, it's a daily thing that I create. So I create recovery in my life every day by actions that I take. And I'm never fully recovered, I never believe that. Um, There are things that I have to do, I will always need a solution in my life, and if I fail to pick up and choose those solutions, alcohol will be waiting for me. Mm. And I'm not stupid enough because I've seen enough people 
get to that point where they're like, oh, I got it. I got it. That's probably the most fatal thing an alcoholic will ever tell themselves. I have this under control. I got it. I got it. I'm good. Mm -hmm. No, you're not. You know, that's the hardest thing. If it came down to willpower, we are the most driven, willpowered people you will ever meet in your life. Any drunk that you meet, Mm -hmm. holy shit. Like high achievers, high achievers. Like they will smoke a pack of cigarettes a day and run a marathon. Mm -hmm. I've seen recovered people, people in recovery do that. Like, oh my God. So yeah, very high achievers. So it has nothing to do with willpower whatsoever. It's a physical, Mm -hmm. mental, um, what do I, my favorite thing they say about us alcoholics, I heard this said was we are the elite of the mentally ill. There's a lot to it and it starts with spirituality. Addiction is fascinating to Mm -hmm. me. The the psychology of it, the, you talked about it being a predisposition Mm -hmm. genetically or chemically. That also fascinates me. Yes. Because I think there's an element of that, like, but it's also somewhat programmed someone, like when you look at alcoholics, there's usually generations of them, right? Or Mm -hmm. drug addicts, it's generational. And then all of a sudden somebody comes along and breaks the trend, right? Mm-hmm. And it's usually out of um, not wanting to be like that, but they still have, to your point, that high achieving, they, they have addictions, but they've found positive addictions, they've found positive habits. And I'm a big believer that what you've done, mm-hmm. you don't you don't lose bad habits, you replace bad habits, Absolutely. right? And that's why I asked you about that. It just, it's something that I always say to people, you're in recovery mm-hmm. or you are recovering and never say you're a recovered alcoholic. Correct. Yeah. We don't graduate. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, yeah. and you know Rick Welliver. Yes. Yeah. I know he won't mind me saying this, but he sat here with us and he told Ben he's an addict, but oh, he's wow. one of those that believes that he's got it under control. All right. So he drinks. Yeah. But And it's working for him, huh? He, he claims it doesn't ruin his life or... And that's his thing. So that's what we get to say to you. It's like our, you know, um, my hat's off to you. You know, if you mm-hmm. can make it work for you, great. I just know personally I can't. And so, um, without help. And I will say this much: like my life over the last thirteen years of sobriety has blown my effing mind. Like, I, if this is what it looks like, okay, sign me up hundred percent. Like, it doesn't mean I never struggled, but I get a lot of courage through the. It's a spiritual program that I work, and a lot of that it all comes down to that. Once my spiritual life is good, everything else equals out, and I can never go back to old ideas, right? Mm-hmm. So the twelve week program, I lose a bunch of weight, now I'm gonna go back to an old idea. You can even see that in recovery. People are like, oh yeah. I got yeah. sober. I haven't drunk. I'm good. My family's happy with me now. I'm just going to go back and, and do me. Yep. And that never works out well. All right. So now we're going to talk about recovery and, and rest and sleep mm-hmm. in general. I can fall asleep standing up at 9 p.m. Okay. You ask any of my friends, I can be in a bar and I just shut down like a robot. And I've programmed myself it's to go to bed at 9 and wake up at 4. Yes. And I genuinely can't function past that. Yes. Uh, unless I go, so Saturdays and Sundays are a little different, or sorry, Friday night, Saturday night, I can stay in bed a little longer in the mornings and get up mm-hmm. and stay up. But talk to me about recovery. You mentioned sleep. Yes. What is your sleep pattern? What do you insist upon? We, we're encroaching on your nap time right now, which I think I is wonderful. I took my nap. We're good. Okay. We're good. <laughs> but let's talk about that and how important it is. So I really realized sleep was super important when I began coaching other women. Um, and then it got really hammered home to me. I love what my coach Krista said. Um, she said, Rachel, we plant the seed when we work out, but it will not grow until you sleep. Mm-hmm. So go to sleep. And so sleep is essential. And I am very strict with my sleep, not only for physical recovery, but I have habits, right? So I do a thing where I practice silence, affirmation, visualization, and I scribe. So I read The Miracle Morning, one of the best books I've ever, my business is Hello, built on Rose. that. 
we just gave it as a gift to one of our Did you really? Yeah, to Brooke. Yeah. I built my business on that book. Like mm-hmm. that book helped me. And somewhere, I believe habits are like relationships. I got complacent with her. I call mm-hmm. her Savs now because I, I do the other stuff. But I call her Savs. And, and she left me like any good relationship person would. You're not paying me attention. Hey, okay, you don't want me? I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. So I finally got this habit back because habits are hard won and so damn easily lost. And I do believe there's like the aligning of the stars. We see it all the time and I'm going to jump a little bit, but like even in recovery, like people think, Oh, I can go out and drink again and that they can pick back up sobriety whenever they want. Mm -hmm. It took me 13 years or 15 years of hellish drinking before I got one little split second of like, Oh my God, I got to do something different. Like I can't do this anymore. That's how long it's 15 years for a baby second of me to create and be like, this is it. Like I've got to change. I'm never guaranteed that again, never guaranteed that again. And people think they are. So with habits, the reason I'm so regimented with my sleep habits now is because I'm like you, but I go to bed at eight 30 and I wake up anywhere between four 30 and five. And I practice as I do Mm. it for her. Like that's my habit. I got her back. She's with me and I don't want to get complacent again. So that's the main reason, but also just for recovery. I think we have a weird, it is interesting. Gosh, we have so many degrees. Like you're talking about like people that throw stuff out there and sometimes, and I'm not speaking against doctors. My sister's a doctor, but they're probably the least educated when it comes to nutrition and overall basic health. Because they preach the standard American diet. Sad. Yes. And they don't know any better. And if you ask my sister, she actually went through my program and got incredible results. And like, Mm -hmm. she's my biggest like supporter. Mm -hmm. I even uh, probably going to bring her on as a coach. Um, she's in Ohio, but she said, Rachel, we, we get like maybe one little class on nutrition. We don't get all of this. Like everything I taught her, she's like, Oh my God, like this is amazing. So even Mm -hmm. with sleep and things like people aren't getting how essential it is. Like it's basically number one, it's the sun. If we want it to grow, I tell people like we plant the seed, we water it with nutrition and then it ain't going to finalize anything until we sleep. Mm-hmm. And what they're finding out about sleep, like I'm listening to podcasts lately and getting more in depth with that. Even with fat loss, they took a group. I don't know. You guys have probably read studies, but they took this group of people. They all put them on a calorie restricted diet. The one group slept, you know, anywhere from five and a half hours to less. The other group slept se- slept seven hours more. They all lost some weight, but the group that slept that five and a half or less lost 50, 55% less body fat. Crazy. Less body fat. So this, I love this, and I've done a lot of study on sleep mm-hmm. because I used to be the person that didn't sleep. Yeah, it's like kind of pushed in our culture. Early oh. bird gets the worm. Well, look, sleeping one, of my, favorite sleep people, one <laughs> of my favorite people is The Rock. Like, uh, I want to train like with that guy, but yeah. it's always team no sleep. Hashtag team no sleep. Oh. And that's how you, uh, mm-hmm. look, he's one of my heroes, but he's juicing. Everybody's There's, there's no way he's, he's not, saying, right? He's saying that. You know, there's, there's all kinds of stuff in him that isn't. He shows Not up true. on your door one day, like, yeah. what the hell did you just say, Stephen? I hope he shows up on my door. <laughs> can, 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 I, can I film you punching me? Because that would be yeah. awesome. <laughs> okay. Can you give me a rock bottom? <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's kind of, it, it's glorified, right? People, yes. team no sleep. Like, yeah, hashtag mm-hmm. no sleep. sleep. I found that this is when I was my heaviest, to your point. When I wasn't sleeping, I was stressed and didn't realize I was stressed until I wasn't stressed. But Mike Nielsen, again, I keep coming back to this, he gave us a great analogy for this. He said, look, everybody thinks they're stronger when they leave the gym. He said, nah, you leave the gym, you're weaker. If you're, do- if you're training properly, mm-hmm. he said, you lift weights, your muscles are weaker. And he said, but the only way for your muscles to recover is to rest. Mm-hmm. The first thing 
any doctor, and we talked about doctors not being necessarily great with nutrition, but they're good with rest. The first thing they'll tell you is rest. Mm-hmm. Get sleep and watch. If, if you go from no sleep to three nights of good sleep, you're going to wake up on that fourth morning feeling wonderful. I, um, I get made fun of because I'm regimented with it. I'm like, no, my pants are off. I'm going to sleep. It's yeah. nine o'clock. Yeah. Don't call me after nine o'clock. I won't answer. My friend Brian does it all the time. He called me at 9.04 the other night. <laughs> and then the next day he was giving me shit because I didn't answer the phone. And I was like, dude, it was 9.04. I was asleep actually 30 minutes way. before that. But I'm like, sorry. I don't care if you make you fun of me. You don't give me by 8.30. You're not getting yeah. to me. But obviously we can make exceptions on Fridays and Saturdays. And it's like, okay, no. I'm going to stay out. You don't? No. Every night? Okay, so no. I do. I'll make <laughs> I exceptions. And when I travel, I really struggle with jet lag. Yes. So do you not go out or anything? Like, you don't... I don't really like to stay up late. Like if I could, if I could go anywhere, I'd go line dancing at Nashville North like every yes. night. But it doesn't start until like 8.30 or 9. And then it just it hurts. Like I love to have like my optimal physical health. It means a lot to me. Hmm. Um, and I know when I feel great and I know when I don't. And when I stay up late, I don't feel great. There's too high of a cost. I don't like to pay that. You're having fun with this one, Ben, aren't you? You're hearing a lot that you're just like... Yeah, I'm taking it, taking it in. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like we're doing all the talking though, Rachel. Oh. You, you are. Does Ben topic. not care about sleep? No, I like sleep. I mean, just ask Stephen trying to get me out of the bed. Try getting to go to bed early though. Mm. I go to bed fairly early. I said go to bed early. Like if I said to you, Ben, go to bed at 9 o'clock, the first thing you're going to see is all Weston. And it's like, no, Weston goes to bed at 7. Like, can, you be, can, at you be a, can you be asleep at 8.30? And you'd be like, no. 8.30 might be a little early. <laughs> I crawl into bed at night I get sometimes. excited about going to bed at 8.30. I struggle more in the summer. Yes. So when it's light out. Yes. Even with blackout curtains, you kind of know it's daylight outside. Yeah. But once it's dark at 9 o'clock, I can... Done. But I, I was also, in bed before 9 last night. So there's a percentage of the human population that doesn't need as much sleep. Mm-hmm. And I am in that. So mm-hmm. my it's all about heart rate variability, right? Mm-hmm. My heart rate drops so low that if I wear my Apple Watch when I'm napping, it wakes me up. Oh, wow. And tells me that it's dangerously low and it's not dangerously low. Oh, my low. gosh. So, You're an outlier. I am. I love 5% outliers. 5% of the human race doesn't need... So I can go on. I can function on five to six hours. <laughs> And like, watch out, not good. You better watch out. <laughs> so now for the really fun stuff. Hmm. What, what would you like to ask us, Miss oh. How did you guys meet? Well, Steve Ben was hitting on me one night. Street. What? <laughs> we <laughs> both went to the same place. <laughs> I'm not gay, my boyfriend is type thing. No, I said Stephen was checking me out from across the street. Oh, I see. At the same time, <laughs> I what did you say? I said Ben tried to hit on me. <laughs> <laughs> couple of comedians yes we met through a board that we served on i thought ben was a pretentious dick when i first met him okay fair enough i've told you that before yeah i did not get that vibe from you at all you seem like a very kind person thank you yeah Yeah. we've been working on it with him yeah (laughs) he's grown Uh, steven's the pretentious dick yeah well, I probably thought dick. that the night of the birthday the party. Dick, yeah. 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 We were mad as hell at each other. It was so funny because I don't think we necessarily disliked each other, but you called me out and I'm competitive and you're competitive. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking <laughs> Take that knife away. I'm going to put it somewhere. <laughs> Who is this girl? It's like, you need to stand out. You didn't yeah, want. He went all valley girl on you. I Just, don't have soft deliveries either. Girl. Just imagine... Where it, iron, it was Iron Goat Brewery, right? No, Iron, um, what's the... the you had to iron? wear the loser helmets, too, that were really ugly. Yeah, you gave me a loser helmet. 
Yeah, this was all planned out. I'm pretty she sure. She hates you. So <laughs> it was she, not nice. Is it Iron Goat? What's Iron Goat that? Brewery? Yeah. yeah. So we were there, and there's just we're surrounded by beautiful gay women. Yeah. Or, yeah. And we're just pointing each other, going, "No, <laughs> fuck it, we, we got this amazing picture." She's like, "You were two minutes late." It says on the sheet, "If you're late." And I was like, <laughs> "And I was, yeah." He she was so proud. It. it was like this like proud thing, and my husband tells me he's like Rachel. You need to work on your soft starts because I do not have soft starts. I'm like, no. But it's just instant, like, nope. And I like go to this one place and I did that. I, I hard started. Mm-hmm. And during his very, he was very excited about this picture and I slapped him down. Yeah. And I said it very loudly over and well, over. Get back in your hole, Sam. Yeah. Rachel is the female version of me. <laughs> much prettier, much more attractive that. to the opposite sex. But. The female version of me like doesn't have a filter. Yeah, it, it's high gear all the time, right? Yeah, two speeds. Except when I'm home. I tell Stephen, it's like sometimes you you know you don't always need to vocalize your opinion, Stephen. Like, like he'll vocalize his opinion. He'll ask someone a question about their opinion. Like we're not talking about that. Stephen's like, well, let me give you my opinion. Like, Nobody asked for your opinion. Like, not ashamed. He's like, he's like, but I have to tell you. I have to do it. And then he'll do it and he'll get it out and we're like, okay, are we done? Can we move on now? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I want a reaction. I know. <laughs> Give me something. Yeah. That's funny. So, I always look for this from my husband. If I can get this, he goes, he just shakes his head. He's like, I love that reaction whenever he's like. Because he knows not to argue, right? He knows well, not to Well, it's an irritating it. thing. If I can kind of get under his skin a little, it's more of like getting it, that I irritated him. I love it. Because he's very hard. He's probably like, you, are you very mild? For the most ben, part, yeah, right? just really even. Takes a lot to get me around. Yeah, that's why you guys make a good partner. That's my husband. He's very even. Yeah. Very yeah. even. And the funny thing is, like, mine's when I, though. If you piss me off, it's not. Oh yeah, it's, James. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to go there. But I I'm very <laughs> boisterous in my opinions and attitude, and um, kind of I portray that I'm always like on. But I'm the same way. Like, it takes a lot to get me going in terms of get me actually angry. Hold on, but not one, me. once I snap. Do you, you don't want to be the one to try and get me to stop? Hmm? Just be like, you're not looking very athletic lately. Ooh. Yeah. That's <laughs> a hard thing with competing that you say that. Do you guys get that now that you've made gains? Let me ask you this. So you've made gains. People are noticing. Have you struggled with them saying like, man, you look incredible or like you've changed so much. And then do you guys ever get any like kind of a weird anxiety or anything that comes up around it losing it? I get agitated when people say I'm skinny. I'm like, I am far from skinny. I'm, skinny. I'm 20, 25 pounds from being skinny. I'm yeah. athletic. Yeah. Do <laughs> so not call, call me skinny. You skinny. Yeah. No. You call me skinny, we're going to fight again. Okay, Rachel. I'll fight you. I just, <laughs> I just take it as a compliment when people say that type of stuff instead of getting all offended and butthurt when someone calls me skinny. You're Words like, are Thank important. You. Yeah, Thank I'm just you. like, thank you for noticing. Do you ever feel like, what if you don't keep it or? No, I don't. No? <laughs> but there's not, like, again, it's that pretty mild middle of the road right okay yeah. it's like i mean i know i have to maintain eating decent at least and, and sure. working out at least a few days a week to maintain it yes but i mean i'm sure it'll ebb and flow i, I think this is a difference will, between but... men and women as well like women are always thinking that people are judging them mm-hmm. and you and i like and we I don't really care. don't care what people you guys think. are like kanye no yeah <laughs> you like kanye. Yeah. I think Kanye is the biggest dick in the world, but I was telling my spin class I look up to him immensely. He is he definitely, care. he doesn't give a shit. No. There's a time, I was telling someone the other day, I was like, somewhere between, this is weird, somewhere between junior year of high school and senior year of high school, like that summer, I changed. And it was one of those things where it's like, I just stopped caring what people think. I love mm-hmm. that. I'm like, I just don't really care anymore. That's my husband's good at that. I wish I was better yeah. at it. Like, I, that's one thing I will probably practice for the rest of my life. Yeah. 
um, so letting go of what other people think I about struggle me. with people complimenting me oh you so do I've, I've always been the one no I do seriously I know you're laughing he needs a moment dead. Ben and you're laughing at him <laughs> Who needs enemies with friends like you? I just saw his like little killers get her. <laughs> <laughs> the little eyes. It was like puppy dogs. He's like, why'd you kick me, Ben? Why'd you Aww. kick me, Ben? So why'd you do that, Ben? Out? I loved you. Oh, you don't want, you want to hear my southern creepy voice. <laughs> Maybe. No. no. We can do I'll it touch my belly button while I do it. Oh, God. It's gross. <laughs> Hi there. We're all touching our belly <laughs> buttons right now. Um, okay. No, but when people give me compliments, so I, was, I coached soccer for the longest time, hence why I know Shay, our friend. Okay. Um, and I wouldn't get in pictures with the teams. I never wanted any of that credit. It was always like, it's about the players, it's about the players. I would run off and not let people take mm-hmm. pictures, all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. When it comes to, um, I, I had to learn to take compliments. Like people would say, oh, you're looking, you're looking good. You're looking like you've lost some weight. I'd be like, nah, nah, nah. Like, so I've learned now just to say thank you and say yeah I'm working on you. it yeah yeah I'm working on it I had to go through that too yeah yeah you know what because it, it feels so good to give somebody a gift right and it's like if you're trying to give somebody a gift and mm-hmm. they keep shoving it away why are we depriving them of, the of that yeah. yeah so it really was something personally I had to work on I had to learn how to take a compliment yeah because I, I, I'm very complimentary of other people and he'll probably laugh at that I do make fun of people I find that when I make fun of people, that's when they know I like them. Yes, I say the same thing. But, if I'm teasing you, yeah. you need when to I like stop it. teasing you, that's when you need to work. Yep, I'm done. So, contrary <laughs> to popular belief, Ben, I think you're all right. <laughs> you <Yeah>, dick. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's like freaking B school or grade school all over again. Yeah, pull their mm-hmm. hair and run away. Let or them primary like school, right. as Stephen calls it. Primary <laughs> school. Yeah. Well, do you have anything else you would like to ask us, or should we wrap this up? Because so. We, yeah, we can. I was just curious though too. When you say simplify nutrition and fitness as a coach, what do you mean? But like, is it what would that look like? Ideal. I think teaching people simple concepts instead of grandiose concepts. So there's two ways that people, generally speaking, lose weight. Right? If we take illness out of the equation, sure, it's move more, eat less. Mm-hmm. Now that can be very different for somebody mm-hmm. that's 450 pounds versus somebody that's 200 pounds and wants to get to 190, right? Mm-hmm. So I think primarily teaching people simple, good habits and how to maintain them and how to replace habits as opposed to, hey, we're just going to make this go away. It's like, no, we have to do it. Incremental changes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I believe from a fitness standpoint, the majority of people can benefit from progressive overload. Mm-hmm. Um you know, there's no type of cardio that's better than others. Hit cardio versus uh, standard cardio or what do they call it? Uh, static state cardio or whatever Low intensity call state, it. that's yeah. my favorite. It's like, look, you run a mile or you walk a mile, doesn't matter. It's going to take you longer walking, but you're going to burn the same amount of calories. Let's educate people on that. Mm-hmm. So walking's fine. You don't need to be a jogger. You don't need to go and run a marathon. If you want to walk 26 miles, it's going to take you a whole day, but you're still burning the same. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking like in general, obviously there's other factors and the thermogenics and everything changes. You sure. reach different phases. And if you're an app, like what kind of you yeah. know, training are you doing but and what are you working towards? Yeah. To get back on track. Yes. And then we're going to teach people calories in terms of 
let's start at a number, see if you gain or lose weight or maintain. We're going to get you a maintenance calorie. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to say, hey, if you go three or 400 less than that, here's what you should see. Mm-hmm. And if you go three or 400 more than that, if you want to add muscle versus lose fat, simple you're going to see this. Mm-hmm. And it's just, let's make it simple. Let's teach people, you know, I'm a big believer in, I hate the buzzwords, but flexible diet, right? Okay. So let's say, I, I say to you, I'm going to eat 2,000 calories today. My maintenance calories is 2,500. That's a 500 calorie deficit. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do. But then I'm, instead of going, hey, you missed your calories by 100 today and demon, demonizing that, it's like, well, can you go 100 calories less tomorrow? Okay, so can you're you talking just being flexible yeah. lifestyle. So can you go for seven days and look at it from seven days or two weeks mm-hmm. and saying, hey, so you're, you're eating really well Monday through Friday, but then Saturday, Sunday, you're going 3,500 calories a day when you factor in your alcohol and everything else. Sure. Let's teach you about that. Let's say, hey, not necessarily go the full Weight Watchers thing and save up calories and points. Right. But look, if you know you're going to go out on Friday night, maybe lunch is a little less and you do keep an extra four or 500 calories for the meal you're going to have with your friends because you're eating out, it might be a different kind of food than what you've been eating the rest of the week. Yeah. So yeah, just simple. Just budgeting. Budget, Budget. simple. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you that can makes even sense. coincide that with finances, Ben. I, I actually like in a lot of what I talk to people about about finances, even though I'm not like financially savvy, um, I mm-hmm. could be doing a lot better there. But I do look at it because it takes it out of a weird, magical place in people's minds. They get like financials as numbers. They don't always get that nutrition is numbers. But then I don't necessarily believe in things like sugar taxes and stuff, but it does piss my, it boils my piss, sorry. Boils your piss. Um, yeah, it makes me angry <laughs> that healthy food is two, three times the cost yeah, of awesome. stuff that's really, you know, full of sodium, full of preservatives, full of non-nutrients. When you're eating food that's a food-like substance as opposed to something that's actually... Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. And there's reason, you know, because the shelf life and you can make more and mm-hmm. it's cheaper and there's all that good fun stuff too. Yeah, that's math. So, yeah, you, I you, guess... You can boil your piss. But. Yeah, but, <laughs> but that's what I mean by simplification. Okay. Not, not necessarily demonizing anything. Just, sure. Just saying, hey... That makes sense. The keto diet will work for you, but here's why we're doing the keto diet. Your maintenance calories are this much. If we make you eat clean, fresh meats and vegetables, mm-hmm. you can get to 1900 calories much simpler than if I tell you to go to Subway at lunchtime and and, and you know skip breakfast with a shake or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's just not sustainable for people, but teach them about food. Teach them about what the food does, why yeah. they want to eat clean versus... And well, I like to think of it like people talk about macros, like if it fits mm-hmm. your macros. Yeah. And I'm like, macros are big picture, right? So you have air, water, food, um, mm-hmm. sleep, I think is a macro even, like big picture. Yeah. And so, yeah, if it fits your macros, but if I offered you the difference, you know, for hydration, um, toilet water or mountain spring water, you could get hydrated on both, right? One's going to have some serious side effects. Are you going to start selling your compost water? I'm going to. Oh. Septic water. Yes. <laughs> Yes, Sorry, I finish am. Finish your thought. Finish your thought. And the same thing with like air quality, right? You need air to breathe. Like, what type of, of air are you bringing in? Like mountain yeah. fresh air or like you know smog. Yeah. So everything or has like its side effects. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if it fits your macros, like that's think things I kind of like to land home with people. And whatever we do consistently is what we're going to see. Yeah. So if we're consistently acting like we're on vacation every day of our lives, then that makes me question like, why do we feel like we need vacations every day of our lives? Um, yeah. 
That's yeah. an interesting okay. thought. Okay. And not creating those boundaries between things. Have you ever met Tyler Dickerhoof? Yeah. Yeah. So he came on and talked nutrition as well. Yeah. There's a lot so of our podcasts. Everybody that's calm. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So, do you guys want to know something? What? We've been talking for an hour and 45 minutes. It feels like I'm like, I'm getting sleepy. Sorry. (laughs) Ben does that to people. (laughs) (laughs) When I don't talk. So, we can sign off. We're going to do this though before we go. Can you tell people your social media handles so that they can find you? Yes. Do I got to remember? Hold on one second. Let me pull it up. I think it's Rachel Ann Raleigh. That's exactly what it is. I could have told you that. Rachel Ann Raleigh. That's my social media handle on Instagram. R-O-W-L-E-Y, right? R-O-W-L-E-Y. And then you teach spin at the union? I teach spin at the union. Give your coach a shout out. My coach, Krista Davis, um, or not Davis, she hyphenates from Go The Distance. And what is your website? My website is www.rachelraleigh.me. Right. Dot me? Me. Me. Yeah. And you can find Ben and I at O2E Journey on Instagram, Ordinary to Extraordinary on Facebook, and you'll find our personal handles on there. So Steve Brown. Until the next time be good <laughs> to yourselves and to each other. Boom. Thanks guys. <laughs> Now. Nah.